Okay. Poor people on Twitter. I made them wait for like five minutes oh. with a lie. I said we were ready to go. But it really, I was being optimistic, Brian Callen. I understand. Do I you understand. understand? Do you understand the pressure that we're under? <laughs> Uh, this episode is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is a website that allows you to build your own uh, personal or business website yourself easily. Um, they have over 20 badass designs. You can get uh, you get 24 seven support from super fast email support. They're, they're like there if you you can't figure out how to do it, but it's really easy to do. You're gonna get it. I can get it. Brian's done a million of them. <clears throat> They have it set up so it looks great on iPad, Android, iPhone, everything. I'm not even a tech guy, and I use it. It works because they sponsor my. Yeah, it's so it's so easy to use. Yeah. It's 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 like one of the coolest websites ever, as far as like uh, like functional websites for creating websites, mm-hmm. including um, putting together a store. You can put together an online store in like ten clicks. It's 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 stupid easy. I don't know if it's ten clicks. Don't hold me to that. You can figure it out. I'm using it to set up my store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're so confident about it that they let you try it before you even buy it. So you can try their their website creating process, and you don't even have to enter a credit card. And then if you decide to use it, you say, you know what? I'm going to use this. This is going to be my website now. Then you enter in your credit card, use the code Joe and the number 8 for the month of August, and you'll get uh, it's 10%. September. Is it September yet? Oh, shit. It is September. It did become September. September. My God, September first, you guys That's Memorial right. Day, dude. It's September second. That's this is the second. Yeah, the rent second. was due today, but it's Labor Day, so you don't have to do shit. Yay! <laughs> That's you sound like an awesome dude to rent a house to. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's just go with Joe Nine then. Fuck it. But either one of them will work. Joe Eight or Joe Nine. Either one will get you ten percent off. I think it's just for their sake monitoring. When you decided when my commercial sucked, <laughs> at a certain point in time, if people have to be like, you know, you know, he's sending it in. I know he is. I know he really doesn't give a fuck about Squarespace. He said it too many times. It can't mean anything anymore. But uh, one of the things we try to do on the show is anything that we advertise, we we try to make sure it's legit. Squarespace <clears throat> Squarespace seems very legit as far as the responses we've gotten from people that have tried it. It's been like overwhelmingly positive. So I'm willing to I'm willing to back it. I think it's a good product and it looks pretty badass. And Brian Callen uses it. Yes I do. And Brian Redband's made like a hundred websites with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're also brought Squirt to you by Bert. Do you, is that still up? <laughs> I think Squirt Bert's still up. Ari <laughs> Shafir's legs is still up. Uh <laughs> I forget all of them now. <laughs> <laughs> Do they sell anything at Ari Shapiro's legs? No, it should just be plastic Homer Simpson mouths. <laughs> That's a deep inside joke. We're also brought to you by LegalZoom. LegalZoom is a website that allows you to uh, create your own, uh, I shouldn't say create your own legal documents, but fill out legal documents. Things like an LLC, you can do for $99. That's what it starts at. You really? can incorporate or form an LLC hmm. without going to a lawyer and paying a lot of money. You could do it naked. That's what I've been trying to promote. People masturbating while using LegalZoom. I mean, I really want you to proofread, so go over your stuff. Make sure you got it right. But if, you can, if I could prove that more people use LegalZoom from my website because of them being naked. Take pictures. The government's <laughs> looking at you, man. They're looking at you right through that camera. That's what I hear. That little camera right there. There's cameras a, everywhere. They just a, turn them on. I had a porn lawyer, this guy I had on my podcast, say, that uh, he he wouldn't do any of those chat rooms or anything because those cameras are working and somebody's <laughs> recording. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. At this point, the 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 ship has sailed. Yeah, the ship has sailed. This, yeah. You know, if you're if you're beaten off, someone's got a video of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. 
There's no doubt. So um, that's all going to come out in the wash. But th- the reality is, if you um, if you want to save money and get some shit done, like writing a will, it's very easy to do. LegalZoom can also connect you with an independent attorney. If you panic, like if you get in the middle of that shit and you're filling out forms, you're like, I'm going to go to jail. That'd be me. That'd be me. <laughs> That'd be me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's funny how we have blind spots to that stuff. Like oh, big law, ones. Law, legal we stuff, have, financial stuff. What? We have massive ADD, my friend. Oh. Massive ADD. I can't. There's We're, certain things you can talk about me. If I start talking about options and mm-hmm. swaps, I'm like, Greek. It sounds like Greek. <sighs> Walking away from you right now. I you're panic. talking crazy. Panicking. <laughs> <laughs> swaps like wife swaps yeah, well that that too but, that makes me panic yeah. any dude willing to swap wives you don't want that I know, one I know. you don't want Especially that thing if he's, he's more muscular away. than you are and taller <laughs> do you think uh, that yeah. like when you get older though that's actually something you do sure like when you're like 60 70 like you just start swapping wives when you're, you're so I, bored we've discussed this before when uh, you're 60 or 70 Go walk down a beach. Go fishing. Your time is over. Nobody wants yeah. to fuck you. Yeah, that's true. If, even if they do fuck you, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. You, you know, they're going to look at you while one you're fucking them and go, oh hardest, my God. One of the hardest I've ever laughed in my life was watching you do stand-up on what it's like for those girls to have sex with, with Hugh Hefner. Oh. Who was like, they're lucky. They're lucky girls. Lucky, lucky. Living a dream. Don't, please Living don't paraphrase. Don't paraphrase. <laughs> This has zero to do with LegalZoom.com, too. That's a great bit. Have you done that recently? <laughs> no, I can't do that anymore. It's over. I don't feel that way anymore, anyway. LegalZoom is not a law firm. They provide self-help service firm. at your specific discretion. What? Direction? You said law form. Law firm. <laughs> forum? It's not a forum either. It's not a forum or a form. Or a firm. Uh, mm. LegalZoom is not a law firm. It's a weird word. Firm. Too, it means too many different things. Yeah, I know. Like a group of people and like a nice ass. Yeah. Like why? Firm is also know, not a a firm's also not some, something you could really describe a, a man as as a straight yeah. man. You can't be like you, you know him. He's firm, firm guy. Real What's well, got a lot of things like a firm look. You know, guy can give you a firm look. That's true. <laughs> it's firm a weird. Handshake. Yeah, yeah, but a it's firm a handshake. firm handshake. Usually, but it's it has also... to do with touching. So that's the thing. Like you can't be like he's very firm. He's right, very but firm. isn't it weird? We also use law right. firm for that. Yeah. It's we're weird. Why do we run out of fucking words for shit i don't know sometimes so you say he's firm on the price very firm yeah, on the price yeah it's that's firm. why english is like one of the most difficult languages to learn actually apparently it is shit like that yeah. that's what keeps us stupid and preoccupied trying mm-hmm. to figure out our language mm-hmm. anyway go to legalzoom.com use the code word rogan save yourself some money it's uh, an excellent service i highly recommend it there's uh, a lot of shit uncle creepy is going to try to do his it's ian mccall ufc fighter he's going to try to do his divorce through LegalZoom. Really? <laughs> yeah. I hope he's getting well, sponsored for that. They don't. See, it's not a law firm, though, so I don't know. I mean, they could probably, like, give it to him for free. I think right. that's... But the, the, the issue is, like, they can't do it for him. Yeah. You know, he's going to have to do it himself. Not me. <laughs> you gave, gave away your whole house. I marked 100%, not 50%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, dude. It's legal. And some of the... I've, I've read some legal things before, and it's like... Ooh, no wonder why there's debates on interpretations of some things. Well, the, the, the other thing that I think about is like if you ever sign your tax return or you buy a house or something or, <laughs> or a car, I just sign. I'm not reading anything. I'm literally like, what? Okay, sign to. here. Yeah, I just signed this release. I have no idea yeah, what it says. It's sweet. It's sweet. It says you're a sweetie. We're yeah, sweeties. Right. We're going to we be nice to each you, other. Own you. Anyway, LegalZoom.com, codename Rogan. God damn, these are taking a lot longer than I wanted them to. I was trying to get through it quick today. ADD plus <laughs> Anyway, this, this episode is also brought to you by uh, Onnit.com. O-N-N-I-T. We have the newest kettlebells in in our primal kettlebell series. It's an orangutan. 
It's uh, 1.5 pood. Aubrey promises we're going to put the weights on these stupid things. Yeah, what is a pood? <laughs> is it a, so it's annoying. A Russian, it's a Russian method of uh, measurement, an old school <laughs> method, like stone for right, English. Right. You know, for English. English stone is, what is it, 13 pounds? 14 pounds. 14 pounds. Yeah. Um, 14 pood, pounds. I think one pood is 35 pounds. Oh. So two pood is 70 and th- wow. what would that mean? One and a half poot is fifty four. Is that what it is? Yeah, but that's not an orangutan. <clears throat> that's a chimp and a, and a and a mountain gorilla. No, no, there's a chimp, a mountain gorilla, and an orangutan. Uh, the orangutan's uh, in the middle. That's <clears throat> that's just simply incorrect. It's just a wide faced <laughs> chimp. Okay. No, it's if you had if it had color to it, it would look well, like it an orangutan. So I'm going to say it's a chimp. So. <laughs> They're all um, evenly balanced. This awesome. is one of the most important things about when we decided to create these things. The guy who did them, is, I mean, the, I, God, I need to find out who it is, who the actual artist is and credit him because he's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going <clears> to <throat> text Aubrey while the show's going Those on. are almost things you could have like, you know, greeting your guests, you know, on either side of the door. Yeah. Yeah. They're artwork. <laughs> Door weights. Their artwork yep. as much as they are. Um, That's why I want it. I, I if just... I had to rob a house and I saw those on the front porch, I might choose another house. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like having a pit bull. Maybe it's an insecurity thing. I can't just work out with weights. I have to work out with weights that look like gorillas. <laughs> I want to scare bitches. There it is. Um, we sell uh, all kinds of different shit. I'm trying to write to uh, Aubrey right now. Who's the artist? That... Right now, people are listening go, edit this shit out, bitch. Sorry, I should have edited that out, but uh, I had a text, and uh, I'm not that good at texting. I'm not that good at texting. I'm I'm a little annoyed. You got big, thick, blunt thumbs. I'm also a little annoyed that after all these years, uh, my phone is trying to pretend that I didn't say fucking. Yeah, I know. know? And I have to go back. I didn't say ducking. You fucking changed it. I wrote F. You know I wrote F. Right. Why do they do that? Because more people would like... It can't assume that you're going to make a swear. Because then what if it makes that assumption and then makes a swear when you meant to write ducking? That's right. You know, you you were ducking. You you were fucking. You choose between ducking and fucking. You're right. Yeah, it has to go with ducking. (laughs) That's a big difference. Like, you were ducking or you were fucking. Like, did you see me? One, one, you don't get you were punched fucking. in the face. The other, you get divorced. Or yeah, or people panic. Like, yeah. was I? Jesus, I didn't. I, he, you were fucking. What? Huh? Yeah. Anyway, um, battle ropes, kettlebells, um, medicine balls, all kinds of different shit. That's all <clears throat> designed for total human optimization that's the idea behind uh lifting weights with uh w- things that would give you functional strength it's very difficult stuff so i always uh, recommend people start out light and get some instruction if you can um go to uh, a professional trainer someone who's rkc certified preferably someone who really knows how to do kettlebells and spend whatever they charge you know like whatever a session is and just like videotape it there's plenty of videos out there that are really good as well we sell a couple of them on on it uh the um Keith Weber videos are excellent. Extreme kettlebell cardio DVDs, just absolutely fantastic stuff. And um, but I think it's really important if you've never lifted any weights before to have someone show you how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Start out light, use good form, and you'll you'll get real benefits for uh, health and fitness. It's uh, it's great for functional strength, even if you're just talking about like moving things around. 
Plus, it makes you look sexy as fuck. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Shoulders um, for days. <clears throat> I call him Joe Shoulders for days, Rogan. Um, we also sell a bunch of different vitamins and supplements. Use the code name Rogan, and you will save 10% off any and all supplements. Joe, I, I just did that. I just changed that pood and the whole time you were saying that. I, so that's how it could be fixed that easy. People well, he probably that. hasn't. You need to get website authorization. Can I uh, <laughs> can I take those kettlebells with me when I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> September 12th, 13th, and 14th? Did there, you son of a bitch. <laughs> At Good Nights, huh? Charlie Good Nights, old school comedy club right there. I'm excited. That place has been around for a long time. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that place. It's the a great the place. green room is you're in the way of That's all right. the, the waitresses. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's no green room. Like uh, when you try to st- you have to like stand in this like little box area that's near hilarious. the waitresses. It's always like, "Oh, excuse me. Sorry." Yeah. Yep. Sorry, and they're all like, "We need seven on six. We need five over here." Uh, it's a great good. place, old I'm school excited. place. September twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. Yeah, I love that joint. It's like a real one of the last old school yeah, real comedy those. clubs in this country. You know, I, I, mean, I love I, every time I could do a, a club like that, and I see they have yeah. an old school club. Punchline so Atlanta. There's another one. Yeah. Zanies in Nashville. There's another place you know? called in in San San Jose. I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh, I wish I could remember it, but it's the same thing. Tiny place. And old school. I mean, the wood creaks. You yeah, know? it's just. Yeah, this that's just like Charlie Goodnights. That's a great, great like institution of a club. You Nick, know? you're you're a skeptic. I wonder if you took uh, the wood from an old comedy club that had been laughed. There's just it, it absorbed all the waves of laughter through the years. Would that wood be different than say the wood? Let's ask this a- actual on the actual podcast. Oh, okay, cue the right. music. Let's just get it started. We should already let's go, start. Let's go. Teaser question. Teaser question. I dragged everything from on and on. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Hello, my friends. We're talking to um, the great Brian Callen, who will be at Charlie Goodnights this weekend in North Carolina. If you're listening to this live or within the next couple of days. And then we're also talking to Mick West. Mick West is a guy who uh, came on to my podcast or uh, my television show, rather, <clears throat> the sci-fi uh, Joe Rogan Questions Everything, where we uh, wanted to discuss uh, a bunch of issues. And then I found out that he has uh, a website that is devoted entirely to debunking things. I'd known about your website before, Contrail Science. Uh-huh. Is it ContrailScience.org or .com? .com. Yeah. .com. Contra- I'd read that. I'll write this down. Contrail. Very, contrail science. And it's very uh, it's very detailed and very easy the way it explains what certain people are misconstruing mm-hmm. for being poisonous spray that's coming out of planes and what's actually a, an, an effect of jet airplanes flying through clouds. And that explanation, I remember reading that going, oh, that totally makes sense. Like, I get it. They, mm-hmm. They're seeing it come out of the, the plane, mm-hmm. and they think that this has never happened before, or that this is, a, this is a new thing. This is geoengineering. They're spraying over our head. They're not telling us about it. And they, uh, they, they want to think that it's uh, geoengineering. That's like mm-hmm. the big one, that they're geoengineering. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, that's the main explanation that people... And what what's is, fucked what, is, what would be what's, geoengineering? Well, here's what's fucked. <clears throat> what's fucked is they are. Trying to cool the planet? I mean, it's not that they're doing it on purpose, but we are doing it. We are. By flying and making those clouds, it is geoengineering. Oh, I see. And one of the things that I really enjoy about what you're doing is that you have a very specific 
sort of mandate. And the idea is to expose these silly ideas mm -hmm. so that you can concentrate on real ones. Yeah. You know, and when you were talking about chemtrails, one of the things that really struck me was that, was that how much time and effort is spent on things that can be debunked and how they really dist distract from things like the NSA tapping into all your emails and, right. and being able to monitor yeah. anyone's phone. And those are like real issues. Yeah, like, and the people who are into chemtrails and things like that, a lot of them are very energetic people who yes. uh, they, they just spend a lot of time doing this stuff. And they could be spending that time on uh, on real issues. Yeah, and it's not that th – this is the big one. It's not that no one has ever experimented on the public before. The fucking – for sure they have. Mm. We know about the Tuskegee experiment. Mm -hmm. We know that they, they sprayed that shit out of the top of buildings in St. Louis. We know that they've experimented with things that probably weren't the, the healthiest for mm -hmm. the population. But – when you start calling everything you see in the clouds a conspiracy and everything you see when a jet engine passes through it without like really looking into the possible details of it like that's it gets it gets to be almost like a religion it is yeah it is yeah i think uh, that's you know people they have that same that faith basically that uh, you know what they believe is correct and they don't actually need the evidence uh, to back that up. So if you ask them, you know, you know where's the evidence, they say, it's obvious. And they, they just say, look up, up at the sky. Uh, they, they, you know, it's like people who have religious experiences. They, they pray to God and God tells them that they are right. Uh, people in the chemtrail community, a lot of people in the chemtrail community have this, this, this religious sense of being very, um, very um, sure about their ideas. And they have basically gone beyond evidence. Like in the post-evidence stage, a lot of them talk about how you know the, the the time for proving chemtrails is past because you know we we know it's it's happening. It's obvious. So mm. it's it's very difficult to deal with those people to to talk to them because they don't want to listen to the evidence. They're now moving on to the next stage. So it, they, aren't you know, describing a fanatic in a sense? I mean, <laughs> well, they are fanatical I, in their belief. Yeah, yeah I but, mean, the idea that there's no, no I, I can no longer be challenged. The 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 debate has been settled, and now it's just a question of whether you 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 are a convert or you are an enemy. I mean, yeah. that's kind of the idea. Yeah. So I, I, for those type of people, I try to frame the discussion a bit differently. Uh, you need to ask them, like, what would be the next stage? And you're not going to start shooting down planes, or even though some people do actually do talk about shooting down planes. I've got a whole long thread on the forum of people who <laughs> uh, you know, say things like, let's shoot them down. There's people who, who actually do go out with laser pointers and point them at the planes that are chemtrails. Here's, here's my problem with it all, and this is what really freaked me out. Where, where is where's their tipping point? Like, it, it, how far do you look into it before you're willing to resort to violence? Like, how much evidence are they getting that that's what's happening? There's a weird disconnect going on here. Because mm -hmm. if you were looking at the whole thing, and if you looked at the explanations, you looked at the explanations where they're clearly stating in mainstream news that there's, there's artificial clouds that are created by jets. It's a part of the 2002 article on CNN.com. And it's about after 9-11, they measured the skies and they found that the artificial clouds that are created by jets flying around all the time, that they actually were cooling the planet mm. and that the planet got hotter, like immeasurably hotter without only, that happening. Only during the day, it actually, uh, well, it, 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 when that happened, it uh, warmed up during the day and cooled down during the night. Uh, the, the jets don't actually really 
do one thing very much. They do in the day they uh, the the contrails will block the sun, and at night they block the heat leaving. Right. So that the net result is a very slight warming because there's more of an effect from the trapping of the the thing at night. So during the 9/11 shutdown, uh, what was seen was there was uh, an increase in the range of temperatures. So my my point was that it, it is still is, is a fascinating point of discussion, even if it's mm-hmm. not chemicals being sprayed from the sky, even if it is this not excuse me if, if it is not this nefarious government scheme to control the weather, yeah. it is still fascinating because we're we're having an effect on the environment by by flying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. So in a sense, the the idea behind chemtrails, like the chemtrail theorists and conspiracists. The, the, what they're doing is you're, 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 you have a real problem and you're focusing on a fake ineffective problem mm-hmm. and the fake ineffective problem being that they're spraying us to poison us. And they're causing more gelons. What an incredibly ineffective program that would be. Right. Do you know how exactly. much money the and, government and, is spending? And how would you even organize that in the government as if you could keep that a secret, as if the U.S. government could keep something like that secret anyway? I mean, but just stop and how, think about how crazy it is that you would think that something which does such a shit job yeah. – yeah. Is is still going on as a program? That's We're pretty goddamn healthy. People are living longer than ever. Yeah. They're curing cancers that used to kill you just mm-hmm. a few years ago. Exactly. It's like if you're taking care of your body and you're eating healthy, if you can afford to do that, you can live pretty good right now. Yeah, and that's one of the things. Like with fluoride in the water, people say fluoride is, is poisoning people, but you know the water's been fluoridated for for decades, and there really hasn't been any any noticeable difference 50s, right? in in health of people. That fluoride true, versus unfluoride. But there also hasn't been any evidence to indicate that fluoride's good for for yeah, dental it, hygiene it, or anything. It's a bit of a dubious thing to. It to doesn't seem do, like but, it should be poured into the water. Period. Right. If it's not aiding in in taking away anything dangerous, I heard that was that a that kill was you, like, science. The fact that fluoride actually does retard tooth decay. But I do not know if that's true. Because the reason I say that is because they've done a lot of comparisons between the, the reason, first of all, I think it was even discovered was, wasn't it? There was a couple towns in Colorado where kids were just not getting cavities. Well, what yeah. was going on? They found that there were natural fluoride deposits in the, in the water. And it may have been, I think it was Colorado. And then, uh, then they started doing things and scientists said, yes, in fact, fluoride ref- uh, makes it more un- more unlikely that you'll get tooth decay. And then they compared fluoride, this country, with the countries overseas that did not fluoridize their fl- fl- fluorinate or whatever the word is, their, their water. And there was a marked difference in, in the yeah, amount no, of cavities. It, it is. The science is real that it does actually prevent it. But mm. it's, it's kind of more of a, a broader demographic thing. Like mm. for the, the total population, does it actually have a, a worthwhile effect? Because most people like, brush their teeth nowadays. With fluoride toothbrush. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and back in the olden days, like that wasn't – Oh, thing, especially okay. with poor people, and so the, the fluoridation programs were kind of aimed more at the poor people who who had poor dental hygiene, mm. uh, and you know the middle classes and upper middle classes people who had money and taught their kids how to brush their teeth properly. They didn't really benefit from fluoridation at all. Oh, I see. And nowadays, it's a lot more common for people to be brushing their teeth. So there's even less of a reason to do it. But there still is. The, you know, there's still a segment of the population who don't have very good dental hygiene who probably would benefit from fluoridation. But mm. you know, it's like uh, checks and bombs. So is it a necessary component for, for dental hygiene? Or is it just that hygiene is a necessary component? And that if you, you're having a person who's doing it today, over the last X amount of years, toothpaste has been fluoridated. What a what sample study do you have of people that are not using fluoride 
uh, you know, it's four to two the Amish or yeah, what, the what Amish maybe. Yeah. I maybe like um, I have that Tom's of Maine. I've had that stuff before. It yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. have fluoride, and it's pretty good toothpaste. Yeah. Just because it kind of it kind of weirds me out that fluoride is dangerous. I mean, you can't you can't have it in large sums, and obviously you could say that about salt yeah. or a lot of other things as well. But fluoride doesn't seem to be like a natural thing that we should consume. I mean, well, is it, it is, is there a, a natural, benefit? It is a natural uh, occurring. Yeah, uh, uh, or, it can be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's in the water. Like, yeah, it's in, in the lots water. Of in all water, like no, in natural no, it, sources. It's a spring mineral. water. It's, yeah. a, it's a mineral, isn't it? Or is it a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like so. It comes from the. If you the die rocks. from fluoride, you're pretty big pussy, though. So you should probably <laughs> just not worry about it. <laughs> well, they, what was the uh, the knock? The conspiracy theorist. Maybe you can help us on this. The conspiracy theory about it was uh, that it was created by the Nazis. And that they uh, yeah, it was yeah. part of the mind control effort to keep people stupid. They fluoride, fluoridated the water. Well, I mean, the internet was right? invented on. A lot of those people were probably at Apple were, and etc. were doing were drinking fluoride. Like, again, you gotta you gotta look at the yeah. What's happened? Has it worked? Are people stupid nowadays? You might yeah. A lot of people are stupid nowadays, but yeah, IQs and God things God like damn, that people are really stupid. Changed. That's a terrible... You don't realize how stupid people are until you run into stupid people. Because if you're a smart person and you travel in smart circles, you can get really delusional. Uh-huh. If you live in a nice town where people have their shit together and you're you know, interacting with pretty intelligent people, you could forget that essentially there's parts of the world, parts of our country even, that look like an episode of The Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, and that's... I don't even think of it as stupid when I... I, I travel as much as you know. We both travel a lot. I actually am always amazed at how apathetic people are. Just how they just are not interested in anything right. yeah. uh, it, that, that they can't eat or touch or feel. There's no. There's no. Doesn't always seem to be a lot of imagination out there. Yeah, it's, it's there's a weirdness to this world that we're living in right now, where people are looking to be distracted more so than ever. Partly, partly because you can distract yourself very yep. effectively. Yep. That's true too, yeah. but there's not that much of a push to get the fuck away from it. Mm. You know, I think that like it sounds crazy, but I think that like if there's not some sort of a push to get away from stupid, silly thinking, it's it's really difficult to find the motivation to yeah, take Yeah, I think a, I think human beings have always done that when they had to, right? Think about how many inventions came out of war, out of the necessity of trying to beat the other side so you're not speckens of Deutsch, etc. I mean, a lot of a lot of inve- and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of technological advances were a direct result of having to come up with a solution to a mm-hmm. problem, or, you know, a very immediate problem. Yeah, and the space program as well basically came out of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. It was this because we had this big enemy that we had to fight. You could put all these resources into, you know, going to the moon and stuff like that, which was a completely unnecessary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yes, conflict is a big driving force. Safety, in, in safety and pleasure. This safety. is interesting. Cavity rates declined in several cities that stopped water fluoridation. New studies report contradicting American Dental Association predictions, according to the Fluoride Action Network. By the way, who, the, who are the Fluoride <laughs> Action Network? <laughs> who are these people? Yeah. That's bullshit right there. As soon as you're dedicating all your time to, to fluoride. Obscure jobs. Yeah. There's a, there's a few fairly serious people who uh, you know, don't like the fluoridation thing, like actual scientists. Who yeah. Think oh, yes. There's that's, a case behind it. It's, yes. not, it's not this totally fringe thing. But it, it becomes fringe when you get into things like you know, the government is adding it secretly right. to, to brainwash people. Or the other one that I've heard is that the government added it because there was some sort of a deal that they had made with the producers of fluoride. So they're like, listen, see, you're going to dump this in our water, and you're going to pay us every year. Oh, you're going to kick back. You're going to kick back. Your kids are going to kick back. Yeah, that was I mean, 
mean, I but it's a ridiculous but, theory. I think. It, it's a ridiculous theory, but it sounds like that's something the government would do. But th- I the mean, theory if, yeah, was if, they were trying to get rid of toxic waste. Yes. And the only thing they could think of to do was to put it in the water supply. Yes. I mean, who gets rid of toxic waste by adding it to the water supply? Uh, I think the company that makes toxic waste are in league with Satan. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so is the government that allow this to happen. They don't care that they're washing their own bodies with this water. Right. And all the elites and get their spring water shipped in from the center of the earth. It, it comes uh, sterilized by the lava. That's exactly it's super right. delicious. And once you vote Republican for 10 years in a row, they come to your house and they... <laughs> Some they, of them, get, uh, they give you the good water. Some of them go to Switzerland and they have their blood uh, blood clean. Yes, you got to go to Switzerland. Those machines. Yeah. Well, they so do. They do do some interesting procedures overseas. Do you know anything about like those blood splitting spinning procedures they're doing? Mm-mm. Isn't that platelet rich? It's sort of like that, but I guess it's not. It's there's something more to it. It's just not just platelet rich plasma treatment. Mm. But there's the, the added elements. I, I have no idea. I don't understand it. But all these athletes are having these incredible results mm. going over there. Like Dana White, he cured his Meniere's disease with one shot. He's really? Had, yeah. Apparently, a lot of diseases are based on inflammation. And what this stuff essentially is, what it creates is this super anti-inflammation agent Mm. that's made out of your own blood. And I don't understand the process at all. But apparently, during the uh, Bush administration, it was really difficult to do stem cell research, difficult to to get Get funding for a lot of things, anything that involves stem cells, even if it's like a tiny fraction of uh, a bunch of cells, mm-hmm. you know, like a hundred cells or something like that. Something so small, you'd have to look under a microscope to see it. So because of that, I think Europe was allowed to experiment with a lot of like really interesting different methods for using stem cells and, and different different treatments of using the stuff that's made out of your own body, mm-hmm. like taking your blood and turning it into medicine. It's really kind of crazy. The idea that inflammation is like the cause of yeah, so many they, issues. Yeah, there was an article recently in the New York Times about a guy, a physician, who said, why are we not telling people about the benefits of low-grade aspirin, 81 milligrams or something like that, which apparently has a very, very uh, – um, measurable results in 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 stopping things like uh or at least retarding uh, things like uh colon cancer even uh all kinds of diseases because it it brings inflammation down in the body and uh you know just just low grade yeah. aspirin listen dude i'm reading argo article right now on wakeupworld.com and it says prove to anyone that fluoride is bad for you and dumbing society down Hmm. Could you imagine if we found out that our leaders were really pouring stuff in the water to try to make everybody dumb? Let's say that we're the delusional ones and that these folks are all right yeah. and that it is the, the elites, they are not getting fluoride water and they're just doing it to dumb people down. Yeah. That's the most extreme of the theories, right? Yeah, I like guess. Fluoridation is just done at a local level, though. It's not even like a national thing. So the elites get a cutback. The, 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 the the when people use words like the elite or the government, mm. the government's always changing, and there's so much infighting in the government a lot of times, and people yeah. trying to stab each other in yeah. the back. It'd be hard to kind of get a one small group. It's the shadow, they also, they also, shadow yeah, government. They also this, need funding. Yeah, <laughs> I found the Fluoride Action Network, by the way, Joe. Nice. <laughs> Those guys look really happy. That's one thing I always say when I see gay guys together. They look so happy. They look so happy. They look happy. Those They're guys. not conflicted at all. Yeah. You know, gay. <laughs> they don't. 
They don't have an issue no with issue. one of you being a woman. They also get to hang with another dude <laughs> Wait, who what? you understand so well. Where's the, what's, why is this guy in this guy? No, he's too guy. high. He's too tall. He's Look, pe- he's, he's peeing on him. He's jerking off. He's using his butt cheeks to hold his balls in place. Right. If I had to guess. Oh, that looks weird. If I had it's to like guess. It's weird to you. Okay. I say fun. Um, this, this, uh, and then the second theory is that there's some sort of a uh, cover-up going on because they sell this, they have a deal to sell this fluoride to the, to the water people and the water people put it in. And there's this kickback sort of a deal. I've heard that theory too. Have yeah. you read that? Yeah, but it's such a small amount of money in the global scheme of things. Like you poisoning the entire population just to make like you know one billion dollars. Maybe he has one of those giant twisty mustaches like Tate Fletcher is <laughs> rocking these days, and he's really just like a superhero. I heard Tate was flop. Uh, Dude, Tate has that. the most glorious mustache the world has ever. He's known. fantastic. If he's anybody amazing. should have a mustache, Fuck that yeah. guy Fuck should. Yeah. I love that too. Big as shit, tough as shit, sweetie, and just an animal, and a yeah. sweetie, and smart. And and very smart, smart but uh, he's a sweetie too. Yep. He's a really nice guy. He's just a savage. Yeah. Um, maybe if he had fluoride in his water, he'd been <laughs> a little more calm. Yeah, I was gonna say drinking too much fucking spring water. That's what happens. Saltpeter, though, <laughs> if you can put saltpeter in the water, and it actually yeah. kills boners, right? Yeah, yeah, they do that in prison. <laughs> really? Isn't that yeah. what they used to give priests? There was. Uh, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, they said they gave it to They it's use like, it in, I know they use it in, I, from what I understand, they, I, I guess they use it in prison. The priests take that stuff the way, like when, uh, you know, a kidnapper is trying to drug a woman and she figures out a way to put it under her tongue in a movie and <laughs> spit the medication away defiantly. Yeah, that's how the priests take that saltpeter. <laughs> My saltpeter tablet. Yeah, who the fuck's going to take something that kills your boners? People would theoretically, but when push came to shove... They would go, wait, what? What does it do? You know, you'd go, yeah, I don't even want my sexuality anymore. I'm done. I give up. And then, okay, we're, we're going to give you a pill that kills it permanently forever. I, I got it. You I, get to that pill and you go, wait, wait a minute, what happens? I just, I what? just I'd sit on the couch all day. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to do? <laughs> my boner is what drives me everywhere. Um, did you see uh, any of uh, the uh, Joe Rogan questions, everything on um Human optimization on uh, transcendency. No, that's the one I missed. I saw all the other ones. The best one, in my opinion, my 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 favorite one to do, because uh, it was on a very controversial topic: the idea of taking a human mind Mm -hmm. and breaking it down to ones and zeros, and then downloading it into something that we create. Singularity. Yeah, whether it is a computer or whether it's an artificial body that you know has an artificial brain, and like literally like a bolt to the back of your head, and you're your USB to USB in your brain and all of a sudden Brian Callen exists in a super body and you're running around jumping over buildings and you're not even made out of tissue anymore you made out of carbon fiber and, and How long I gotta wait bulletproof for this? skin How long i'll finally have the athleticism i've been wanting you, well, you, i think everyone's going to be at some point in time but that is the big uh the big theory is how much of this is science fiction or the, the big discussion rather is how much of this is science fiction because the idea of being able to actually escape, duplicate escape your biology mind. 100%, right? Yeah, and to be able to, to to get the mind and somehow or another transport the consciousness into something else. Maybe, but we there's have to know what no one's ever is. shown. Yeah, we no one's ever shown that we can even isolate where consciousness comes yeah. from. We know that, you know, we believe it's created by the brain because of a bunch of factors, but the brain could be just like a really sophisticated instrument for tuning in the consciousness of your entire body. Well, or the way the, these mathematicians are now calling uh, the idea that our brain may very well be a hologram. 
uh, what we see as a mathematical hologram of some kind. Uh, this guy I had on my podcast as an author went and talked to all these big-time uh, mathematicians at MIT because he was trying to work on this book. And they, they were like, well, I mean, the latest theory, if you really want to hear it, is that this is one big hologram. And you're, you, we're actually – there's a some another dimension to our minds that we haven't thought about yet. I was like, what are you talking about? What are you even saying? But it was – you know, this well, they all they do it do. on numbers too. That's what's really fucked about those theoretical quantum physicist guys. They'll show you like in numbers. Well, they said that, that this is where they started with. They said if you were to take all the space away from what's what you're made of. So you're made of atoms and it's mostly space and energy. If you were to take the space away from that, from every human being and every every piece of material, you could fit every human being that's ever lived inside a baseball. And then they started going, well, if that's the case, then there's got to be a mathematical explanation for this theoretically, which would mean that this is some kind of a hologram, et cetera, et cetera. Leave it up to these mathematicians. You know, you're the skeptic. The, the point, when you start getting that high math stuff, yeah, it it's way more fascinating. It doesn't, it doesn't fascinating. mean anything, though. Right. Like, yeah. it's, it's like get, it's a mathematical model of how the universe might work, but it doesn't mm-hmm. tell you anything about reality because there's nothing in it that you can test. It's just mm-hmm. saying behind the curtain there might be this, but there's no way of looking behind the curtain. Right. It's, yeah. it's like with your know, super string theory. You can't really test it yet. Yeah, because it's based on these like tiny little dimensions in the in in underneath atoms and things like that. So it's, it's kind of like a little bit meaningless. Sure. Although, wouldn't you say? And I've heard that there there have been mathematical equations that were thought up 150 years ago by random mathematicians, and it really had no bearing on the physical world. A hundred years later, 130 yeah. years later, oh look, I'm measuring the dif- distance between quarks and how they relate to such and such. And in fact, this equation is incredibly applicable. Yeah, yeah. Some some types of math, like people thought there was no use for at all, like uh, imaginary numbers, the mm. square roots of minus one is an imaginary number because it's not a real number. Uh, but they, they didn't have any use back in the days of just Newtonian mechanics, but now quantum mechanics uses imaginary numbers in, in the math. That's what blows my mind is the what fact that... What the that, fuck that, did you just say? That, and that's what blows my mind. Because we were, imaginary, imaginary numbers, numbers in math... Oh my God! I'm so stupid. Yet they're yet they're practical. Yet they have an apl- a practical application to to reality now. Yeah. Yes. Because these these quantum scientists, when they're dealing at the quantum level, it actually it it's actually relevant. And that's what fascinates me is somebody thinks up a, an incredible mathematical equation a hundred years ago for no reason. Yeah. Lo and behold. He thought it up, and we're using it today because it reflects yeah. the physical world. Well, there's been a whole history of mathematics mm-hmm. that most people are completely ignorant to, right. and me, absolutely. Me too. I, but I have read articles where people who are mathematical geniuses were describing like breakthroughs in mac- mathematics, and they look at it like see, people look at baseball. Mm-hmm. They look at it like people look like the great sports heroes of the mm-hmm. past, like great mathematicians. It's like there's like this weird sort of camaraderie, this uh, this. Yeah. It's a culture of these super people that are just concentrating on numbers. Yeah. It's well, they're, they're a fucking the, freaky thing. They're yeah. in their own little world because they've got this language that only they can talk. So yes. They, they talk to other mathematicians about things. You're talking about, like, I was on the bus once uh, back in England, and there was two guys behind me, and they were talking about 24-dimensional sphere packing. And it, it started out, they said, well, 24-dimensional spear packing. And then after that, I couldn't understand a single word that they said. It was just this complete gobbledygook. Yeah. There was a great the guy oh who just died. It, uh, NPR did an amazing documentary on this mathematician whose name escapes me. He was, they were just honoring him, all these mathematicians around the world. And they talked to this famous mathematician. And he said, oh, he was a saint. 
And the guy goes, what? He goes, he was a saint. There's no other way to put it. And he said, what do you mean? He said, his, his influence on all of us was so profound because what he would do was he would find out that there was a mathematician somewhere in the world working on a very complicated problem. And he would show up at their door and say, he would show up at the door and say, uh, hello, uh, my name is such and such, and I'm here to lend you my brain in any way I can. And he would help. This guy sounds nice. annoying as fuck. He, he was so brilliant, though. Imagine if you're in the middle of jerking off and that guy's knocking on your door. <laughs> Wants to play with numbers. <laughs> Who the fuck are you, buddy? Exactly. They don't even know each other. So Get true. out of here. Get out of here with your crazy math skills. He would come up with weird th- ideas, though. He'd see a hawk flying overhead, and he'd say, and he'd calculate the amount of the globe that the hawk was able to see at any given time, oh or my on, God. yeah, or when, or if In it flew head. for, yeah, or yeah. if it flew for sixty minutes. And he would come up with these incredible yeah. answers where you'd go, "That's actually kind of interesting." Well, what's know? really fascinating is how little attention we put to that, but yet what a huge impact it has on the reality of our world as opposed to celebrities having babies you know right. like so true, omg Joe. alec baldwin freaked out on that photog right. can exactly. you believe it exactly. no i can't believe it a guy who's got a temper and there's a bunch of dudes standing in front of him when he was with his baby taking pictures yeah yeah i wonder why he went crazy yeah i wonder why he went after them that's right. that's not nearly as bizarre as the whole picture Look at this world of mathematics that allows this person to make this camera. Look at this super genius that figured out how to get this chip and break this computer down to this tiny little sensor and figure out how to... And it's all digital and you fucking can use your finger to flip through the images and it's this huge thing. It just captures everything and crystal clear. That's math. That's craziness. And that's magic, isn't it, in a way? But the main impact of it is this massive distraction of celebrity gossip, of bullshit, of nonsense. So, no, Immediate and visceral, and anyone can relate to it. Like, I know, but yeah, it's but weird how that's such a trick. Yeah, it's a trick. Shiny. Yeah, but it's 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 amazing how all. I mean, if you looked at like our pie chart of what what we uh, pay attention to in the world and showed math, it would be so small. It would be this little tiny sliver. None of us think about sex it. and food yeah. and uh. music. Your music sucks. Fucking Twitter assholes on Twitter. You know. <laughs> Yet isn't Twitter the mechanism by which you do it? Is an algorithm probably? Of Google's course. an algorithm. This is all math and it's that all, we benefit yeah, from. Sure, and it's yeah. the internet would be impossible if it wasn't for well, math. The lack of math kind of underlies a lot of the conspiracy theories out there because people don't. They, they have this stopping point that they can't get beyond. Because yes. At some point, you've got to do a little bit of math to check. Your, your science or your theory or whatever it is. Right. Like, like with like the chemtrail thing, like you, know, you get these angles and geometry and stuff like that. But people, you know, they stop because they can't do that. And with other things like World Trade Center collapses and things like that, there's a bit of math to do there. But the vast majority of people can never get past that, uh, that mental barrier of having to do a bit of math. Yeah, the, the, well, the math of how many people would have to be in on it is a big one. I mean, you're not talking about, like, people always like to use the Manhattan Project as a, a good example of people being able to p- keep a secret for a long time. But, boy, is that a different sort of situation. Boy, is that a different time in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, wartime. This is, yeah, wartime before social internet, before uh, social networking programs that yeah. we enjoy today that allow you to know that Tommy Morrison died today. Like, you get it immediately, instantly. Yeah, they're right. I was going to say it's very hard to get information to people. That oh, way. it comes it comes so rapid right now. Yeah. It's, just, it's hard to believe that they would be able to keep that a secret. That's, that's one thing. And then it's hard to see the benefit. 
Like what's what's actually being done here? Right. Yeah. People being what? Who's actually getting hurt because of this? Like how many more diseases? Have we really looked at the numbers? What is what is the impact? Oh, actually, we're healthier now than ever before. So what what are we actually looking at here? What we, what we're looking at here is like this this very blinder edged look of the world where you're you're just choosing to focus on one aspect of something that you're seeing yeah it and it consumes our lives as well the picture, and it the it spreads into everything yeah it really it's a, does. it's almost a philosophy it's a there's there's a philosophy to to skepticism and there's a philosophy to cynicism and I think they're different things and I think a lot of people look at skeptics skepticism and cynicism yeah. as being equal and I don't think they're equal. Not at all. Now, I have a bit of a problem with, like, I use the word debunker uh, rather than skeptic, because mm-hmm. skeptic kind of just implies oh, you're a little, you don't believe in stuff. But debunker is an active thing. You're actually going out there and trying to do something about it. But and, people think that debunkers are just automatically disbelieving everything, which, were, which is not, not what debunking is about. It's about finding things that are wrong and then exposing them, not starting out assuming that they're wrong. Isn't that, sci- isn't that the scientific method? Isn't that, skepticism... Yeah. Yes. And doubt what is always – the scientist has always got to prove yeah, absolutely. and always keep doubt in his mind, right? Yeah. So you have to be skeptical as a, as yeah. a scientist. And the, the anti-science people, they think that science is a dogma that's fixed. Where it's completely the opposite. Science is, is constantly changing and constantly correcting. All, all science is, is doing basically is finding the things that still are not known in, in science. And what I really like about what you, the way you do it is you're not making any enemies while you're doing it. You know, you're you're being nice about it. You're being very calm about it. You were in the face of incredible stupidity when uh, when we did our show, when that guy was creating his his fucking cloud machine uh-huh. with yeah. his goofy fake harp thing that wasn't even really harp. It was like he is attaching electricity to this box and sending a current through it. And he had artificial like those misters for those bonsai things that you see at the mall. Yeah. Those always look dope, but you never buy one. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, those bonsai trees always look sweet. Like, man, they I can do. do I can have a bonsai tree in my office. I never buy that stupid shit. They make noise too. They gurgle, gurgle. I went to China and saw the original bonsai the ones that were four or five hundred years old i was a kid i never forgot that i went to mainland china and, and they're I tiny saw, and they're four I or five hundred years old of them. oh they're oh my God. more than that there are and they thousands. manicure them they had some that were 700 year old trees that were still tiny and they were exactly like a 700 year old oak or something and they were i couldn't get over it i was probably how old was i i was 15 years old i couldn't stop staring at them. so they're just constantly manicuring them? yeah, Is yeah, that yeah. The idea? it was there's that there are people who pass their gener their skill to generation after generation oh my God. and they raise these these trees and they're bonsai trees and it's wow just mind-blowing. that's amazing mind-blowing that's another thing man it's like we we have it in our head so much that this is the way culture is like America, like this is it. Like this is like one possibility that a, a pattern can get started, and then it follows and becomes a tradition. And then it becomes your culture, and then it becomes the way you behave. And they're radically different. Yeah. I mean, boys like girls, girls like boys. Sometimes girls like girls. Sometimes boys like boys. Other than that, it's all bets are off. People, there's, they're, they're, they have their their writing is fucking incredibly alien. They're driving on the wrong side of the street. Right, right. They well, have all sorts of things my, that you accept as like being like normal to you. Right. They're like like 
like they wipe they wipe their ass with their left hand. Like you can't right. touch a dude's left hand. Right. The guy I had, the guy I had on just I'm about to have my podcast Josh Four. I just did an interview with him and he has been living in the Congo with hunter gatherers. The original the final probably oh one of the God. last very last people in the deep Congo forest with pygmies. They're all <sighs> pygmies. They come up tallest guy comes up to his shoulders. And we had Justin Wren on the podcast who's you know who he is? No. He was on the Ultimate Fighter and now he's dedicated his entire life to helping pygmies. Pygmies. Wow. He goes back and forth there and makes uh, films in, makes oh, videos. I wonder if Josh knows him, Josh Four, but uh, I bet they do. All yeah. those pygmy helper dudes. They I, all get asked together. Him, I asked him what's the scary <laughs> but he was just talking about he was talking about progress and he said the one thing we don't die of is stupid diseases. Thank God for vaccines and antibiotics and stuff and, and there's a lot of death. Uh, but but he said but then he was talking about how uh, for the most part they smoke a shitload of weed, by the way. The Copious Congo? amount uh, yeah, and the pygmies. Always high. Pygmies are always high. That's and they so spend cool. a lot of time. They have, actually, <laughs> there's a lot of food around. So and they're primarily carnivores. They eat some roots and they eat different nuts. But um, but there's enough food around to have, sustain them. Yeah, they have a lot of time to hang out. I said, what are they doing? It's just uh, a lot of times they'll just watch their kids run around and play. <laughs> and I was like, that's wow. pretty cool. And I said, what's the most dangerous animal? Like, a, you know, snakes? He goes, no, no, not snakes. You don't have to worry about it. It's just elephants. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, elephants in the, and you always sneak up on them by accident and they just come at you. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That must be so terrifying. Uh, yeah. An intelligent, giant animal Whoa. that's going to, yeah, this Justin Wren, when the first time uh, these kids had ever seen a white guy before. And Justin's a big, giant white guy with wow. really light skin. Wow. So they're freaking out. Justin has red hair, right? He's like reddish, brown, brown. Good on Gingerish. you, Justin Wren. Good on you. He's a little gingerish. Little oh, he's a great guy. He's a real sweetheart. Mm. And uh, he said that this just really gave his life a lot of meaning, and he just like, feels completely dedicated to these people. Well, now. Look at those kids; they're well, so sweet. They're yeah, so- well, he just expo- the way he explained it was very pure. You know that he when when he went over there and he started helping these people, like he had this m- massive sense of helping. You know that he could help, that he could accomplish something, yeah. that he could really make an impact. I asked uh, Josh. I said, "You know, you see a lot of death and that people die, and and one of the things that one of the things that modern, I think, society has given us is we we have to bury our children a lot less frequently than we yeah. did just fifty years ago. Thank God." And I said, "When when someone you know p- people who are on such an intimate ter- terms with life and death, where a lot of people die all the time." Uh, how do they deal with death? And he looked at me and said, people are just people, man. And they take death just as heavily as any of us do, regardless of how frequent it happens. It's always, you know, a soul crusher. I'm you know? sure. It's yeah. just you know, that we have this tendency to believe, well, you've been around it a lot. No. It's- no, they just accept the fact that that's a part of reality. But mm-hmm. the, the impact of it, a father losing their son or mother losing their daughter, whatever, <clears throat> it's, it's incredibly painful. It's always going to be. It's the one of the main motivating factors that people have to succeed and to shelter themselves correctly and to keep food on the table yes, you know, you're like, never going to avoid that it's people in america they're not really sheltered from from death i think yeah like, oh absolutely yeah, we're spoiled there's this one theory about the, a lot of ways the femur coffins uh which is grave liners these big piles of grave liners in a field somewhere people say they're the coffins that femur has been stockpiling uh but they're really just like these plastic things that they put over graves but you know because people aren't familiar with yeah they don't go to very many funerals because you know very few people die yeah um over the course of your life until you get to be older, all the young people, uh, they don't recognize these things because they don't know anything about the burial process. So they think, oh, it must be like FEMA stockpiling coffins. Yeah, and they'd probably listen to Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> that was an Alex Jones uh, thing. I think. FEMA camps! Yeah. Coffins lined up! You're telling me, Wick West, I have been to the FEMA camps! That was good. There's 10,000 body holes out there, boy! 
I want to hear him hitting on a girl. Joe Rogan no. is <laughs> Joe Rogan is one of the most underrated impressionist. Sure, if it's Alex Jones or Joey Diaz <laughs> and Mike Tyson, you do a great Mike Tyson. I haven't done that one in a long time. You do a very good Mike Tyson. Um, you do a great Arnold. Mm, thank you very much. You're a sweetie, but I am. Um, what I what I was the, we sort of got a little bit sidetracked with uh, Brian's awesome story of pygmies. Sorry. It is pretty badass. No, <laughs> sorry about it's, that. don't sorry. It was, it was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. But what I was getting to is that um, you you don't you don't make any enemies when I'm trying to, but you can't help yeah. it though sometimes because people will take just the fact that you're explaining where they were wrong right. as being you telling them they are stupid. Yes. But I would tell them they're stupid. That's my point. It's like, you do so much better job. You're so much better for this job than me. Because as a comedian, that was it's a real problem with like even doing this uh, Joe Rogan Questions Anything show or Everything show. Because there were certain point in times where as a comedian, I couldn't just have you stand in front of me, tell me you've seen something completely retarded yeah. with no emotion attached to it. You know, I'm, I'm just like, oh, really? Oh, you did? Oh, did ya? you? You're fucking wasting my time, you, you crazy asshole. I, look, I try to be really nice. As much as I can. You got a lot better. Uh, yeah, I got a, a lot, lot better. better. Cuz oh, you yeah. used to be when you were younger, Joe would just be like, "What? That's stupid. I'm not talking to you anymore." <laughs> I knew there's there's things that can happen in this life that can really hold you up. And one of them, one of the things that can complicate and fuck your life up to no end is when you make the mistake of allowing really stupid people into your life. Yeah. Because really stupid people they're not thinking about themselves, they're not thinking about you. They're just thinking about filling holes, whether it's emotional holes or psychological holes, and they're not they're not really even there for you. I wish I'd learned that. They're somewhere. everywhere. They're like poisonous plants that look like the real thing it's like if if you, you like there was a certain smell that celery gave off and if you <laughs> ate it it just breaks your dick gives you diarrhea gives you headaches for six months right. you'd avoid that like the plague right well but that is the case with relationships it's the case with friendships Very it's the case so. case with relationships and at, when I was young, I felt like I was fighting upriver. Mm. I felt like those motherfuckers, these weak dummies that will get in your life and make up stories, lie or be mean to you or shit on you or say, say things about you behind your back, they're your enemy. Who so just you that, go though? through it. Because I should have learned that and I never did. Nobody. Yeah. I just figured that out. Well, it wasn't entirely right because I, I created a lot of enemies that, that didn't need to be my enemies. Right, right, there, was right. a, there was a much more level-headed way of looking at it. Right. But that took, for me at least, it took some I – I had to develop that understanding on my own. Mm. I had to develop the understanding of like when to do it and when to not, right. when to be kind to people and when to like to try to genuinely let someone know that you can't listen to this anymore. You know, like, listen, I, I'm sure you're a nice guy, but here, this is my take on this, and this is why I don't like discussing these things. Whereas if I was 23, I would have been like, dude, please shut the fuck up. You're killing my brain, you fucking dummy. Don't, you didn't <laughs> thought this shit through. I saw him do that a couple of times. Oh, oh, well, times. People will fucking beat you down. Yeah. They will beat you down with stupidity. They will climb inside your head and, and just say a bunch of stupid shit at you. And if you allow, if you, like, venture into that world, you're going to be hanging around with problems to solve where you get nowhere your Mm -hmm. life is not going to be like figuring out your life your life is going to be dealing with whatever emotional bullshit these morons in your life have dragged into it Mm -hmm. and instead of like supporting each
each other and helping each other and evolving together, you're in this constant weird stream of conflict with the person that you're friends with. And I think he's mad at me, man. I don't know what the fuck I did, but you know, he's got a bug up his ass lately. Like, you know those type of people? Yeah, yeah. And they start conflicts and then, hey, Bobby thinks you're mad at him. I mean, I don't know what you want to do. Like that, what, what is all that? What is, right. Where's that coming from? There's, right. there's a pro- you, get, you let that shit into your life, you got problems. Yeah, and people date that too. They exactly. In a relationship where they they're, where they're having text wars for three hours. It's really uh, simple. Don't be a cunt. Don't be a, a cunt. And cunt we can free hang zone. Out. Yeah. Don't be a cunt, and we can all be nice to each other. But as soon as you allow cuntiness, and this motherfucker was, he had a whole cunt farm. He had a whole, he had a whole cunt produce cunt section. Farm. And he was just, he had all these cunts that he was growing in his life all over the place. The point where he'd be constantly late for things because he would always have like 15 different obligations at some asshole that he was hanging out with. Dude, dude, I really need you there for me, brother. I really need you there for me. This is my thing, you know. Uh, this is my first time in acting class where I'm standing up and I'm doing my, and you would go to these idiots things. Oh, you would go to God. all those things. And then you would come to me afterwards, like, I'm going, you got to clean your life out, son. You got to clean your life out. You hanging around with way too many crazy assholes. So exhausting. That was the best compliment you ever gave me. You said, I, you never needed anything. <laughs> I think that's why you hung out with me a lot, right? Because I just didn't need anything from you. Oh, you're the, like, one of the <laughs> most le- least needy friends I've ever met. <laughs> nothing. You need nothing. When I first met you, you didn't even have a fucking doorknob. <laughs> He didn't have a doorknob. He was living in Venice in a fucking apartment. I go upstairs. Uh, this is his place. I push the door open. I'm looking down. There's no, there's no knob. It's a hole. You could look down on your knees and look right into his apartment. My father said that to me. My father saw the car I was driving. He goes, "Hey, he goes, I'll buy, I can afford to buy you a nicer car. You want me to do? I'll do it right now." I was like, "No, no, I'm all right." <laughs> what I recognized when I met you was this guy who is like almost like you're trying to save people from the thing that you would be that you would least like your to find yourself in that sort of a position. Yes, I think that's good. Okay. You were you were looking at them as if they were you and you didn't feel entirely secure growing up mm-hmm. and you felt like as a good person that you are, you would just tr- tr- try to help these guys out. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's just got a bad he's got a crazy idea yeah, about Jews. He's a project for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. He, a crazy idea about you. He's and he a would Nazi, bring them but otherwise in. But the beautiful thing about you dude is first of all, we never argued about these things. Mm-hmm. Like when you had a crazy person in your life, you were more than willing to listen you you you, like we disagreed about a few of them but you never got like shitty about it and i think you're a really logical thinker you always have been and so like you looking back on all your behavior so fascinating because you're looking on it like a science project like oh this is why i was doing this here and this is why i was a silly goose right there and right the amount of time i wasted just just buying two parrots and having two dogs <laughs> and moving a complete lunatic into my house. And, you know, I just, I would like, let's see. Well, let's see. Everything's going well. Let me see how I can complicate the shit out of this. Maybe I can buy a chimp while I'm at it. You know, it just, you do, you do a lot of, it's a lot of it's just self-sabotage in a way. You it, know? it is. But that, the logical thinking that you have, what's fascinating about it, how it applies to debunking things. And you've always been really good at that or really uh, energetic about it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, is that when when you have like this way of thinking that you sort of 
cultivated over a lifetime of watching people fuck up left and right around you, you can sometimes see other people's problems better than you can even see your own. Mm. And so you see that and you go, oh, no, 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 no. That's this. You're looking at this. Like, you're like well, what you really want to be do is like turn inward and figure out why the fuck you're doing the weird shit that you're doing in your life in the first place. And once you started doing that, your life completely turned around. Yeah. You got rid of all the cuckoo heads in your life. And then your career started taking off, and then you realize, oh, I was distracting myself, and that was holding me back. Wow. Right. I didn't know. Right. So what I find most fascinating about that, when, it, when, you, when you apply that to like debunking, is that w- there's no goddamn guidebook to living life. Mm. And when you're going through life, and you're trying to figure the whole thing out, and trying to be a good person, and trying to follow the laws, and succeed, and get ahead... Nobody really can tell you how the fuck to do it. And a lot of times people feel like there's forces holding them down. There's a lot of times people feel like, man, if I was just in with that crowd, then I would know. If I was just with that, oh, it's all nepotism. It's all the, it's, it's a crazy, scary system that we're filtering our bodies through. That's what it really is. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of perceived shit out there that's really internal shit. And that's one of the issues that's causing people to look at whatever it is that they want to believe is real. Whatever crazy Area 51 conspiracy theory that they want to pull all their time into. Mm. Like, why are you really doing that? Is it really because the evidence is overwhelming or is there a psychological issue at stake here? Is there something going on that you're trying to not think about? Is that what's causing you? And you know what most of them admit? Mm. It's the great demise. Most of them admit it's a midlife crisis thing. They were wow. really honest about it. Really? The Bigfoot guys that I went out with it were gave, it super gave them significance cool. significance to be part of this small community of believers? Well, the, the Bigfoot guys were super cool and really nice guys. And one of the things the guy said, they were really fun. Like, they weren't dumb. Mm. They were just really fun, interesting guys who believe in Sasquatch and they like going looking for him. Right. You know? But the guy was like, even if it's not real, we're camping. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and he, he enjoyed it, yeah. man. He enjoyed it. He was a cool guy. Yeah. And Rand did, did a th- uh, talked about modern art uh, enthusiasts. So they'd come and see Rauschenberg, like a, a broom in a, in a bucket, and he'd sell it for $200,000. And she said, they're not here for art. They're not even art. They, they're here to be part of a very small elite group of people that actually can, quote unquote, appreciate such, such sort of obscure expression. I think there's a big difference, though, between uh, like Bigfoot and, say, chemtrails and 9-11. Cause right. If you're, if you're wrong about Bigfoot, then there's no, no big deal. You just like, you know, weren't right about Bigfoot. But if you're wrong about 9-11 or chemtrails, then your entire worldview comes crashing down. So I think people are much more invested mentally in things like uh, the, the more serious conspiracy theories yeah, b- than being, they are in the supernatural and yeah, things. Yeah, I, I, do, I do believe you're right. Being invested mentally is a great way to put it. It, it works, this, works both ways as well. Like debunkers mm-hmm. and skeptics, some of them get kind of obsessed with, uh, with debunking. And people start out like as young people – Young people debunking, they, uh, uh, they just knock things down one at a time. They see something, oh, that's wrong, and that's stupid, or like, you know, that, that, oh, let me explain that. And they're not, really, they're not really being very productive. And that's something I've thought about a lot as, as I've been doing it for more and more years, is you've got to figure out, you know, what's the, what's the long-term goal here? Just like telling one guy that he's wrong and explaining to one guy is not really very useful. But if you can like look at what you're actually doing and try to improve the way you're communicating with with these people, uh, and try to you know, reach a broader 
set of people than just doing it as a, a sport, which is kind of what a lot of people who are skeptics do. They do it because they enjoy it. Yes, yeah, a get, sport. Yeah, yeah. This, this visceral thing, uh, like yeah, this and pleasure that, from proving, proving people wrong. That creates a competition sort yeah. of a feel. Yeah. And it creates a lot of animosity. And that's what I was really crediting with you. You do a great job of avoiding that. You just re- talk to them like extremely rationally. I mean, the guy that we were talking about that did this harp experiment seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, he but did. But... He, this, is, this is how he, he seemed like a very nice guy. Like, I really enjoyed his company. He's not a, not a bad guy at all. And he's obviously a smart guy, too. Um, but his friend, when I go into his office, I walk in the door. They have a picture of this Indian guy. He's got a, a white beard, and he's got white paint on his face. And he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of a, a portly fellow. Like, yeah. uh, and uh, I go, who's that guy? And he goes, well, 10 years ago, he underwent an incredible transmogrification or some shit like that of his body. And now he no longer needs water or food. Yeah. And he's I go, a, he's no, a breath, he didn't. He's a breathitarian. <laughs> yeah, a breathitarian. exactly. Yeah. And I just go, no, he didn't. And he goes, no, you, you really have to meet him. I go, no, I don't. Yeah, but no, it. I don't. I can't, it. but that's where that's where everything shuts down. Yeah. Like I have to go stop. There's never been a person they've even proven to be able to survive a week. Right. Do you know that? Right. Like Without a, water. a week Without with no water, water and yeah. no food, right. you're you're gone, son. Yeah. You can't live. Yeah. Like they figured that out. Like you're not magic. Right. You fucking that, you know, fat if somebody, shit. If somebody's going to say white paint on your face. Right. If somebody's going to say something that outrageous, you'd think the burden of proof would be on them. Exactly. I mean, you, know, you can't just say exactly. that to me. No, he said you have to meet him. I'm, I'm denying meeting him because I'm a government shill. And uh, that's the whole reason why uh, we can't prove to the world on Joe Rogan questions everything that there are real breathitarians. Right. You get the fuck out of here. God damn it. It's like there's not, there's not elves too. I, right, watched, that's what, I would like there to be elves. It's like I watched this guy reading. It was great. You would have loved it. Uh, there's, we're at this cafe, and this beautiful girl is there, and there's this guy, this middle-aged guy, and he's reading her palm. And clearly, he is her healer or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I just said, I, I was with, with two other people, and I go, that guy's, just, that guy's, oh, you want to see a scam artist? Right there, right there. There's a scam artist right there trying to get laid by reading her palm. And he was he was obviously a professional. Like, you know, I could tell by the way he was talking. She was asking questions. What does that mean, well, a professional right, palm reader? How do you reader? know? No, he's a scumbag. I go, because he's a liar. That's why. And he's making a living that way. Well, you can just tell. You know, if you ever got your palm read, it's nonsense. Yeah. They just start talking about your lifeline. and you what you want to hear. Yeah. Have you ever gone to one of those places that's open like all, 24 hours a day? It's just like the lady lives there. And then yeah. you just like ring the doorbell and she wakes up. And it's so depressing. I went there once drunk with a friend. And oh, it was just like, God. I felt like I just woke up somebody at their house and now they're just, I have to talk to them. I went to one in New York. I was on my way to an audition. I had some time. And so, uh, I really didn't like acting back then anyway. And uh, so I went to this uh, tarot card reader lady's place. And uh, she was wrong about everything. I mean, could not be wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't even bother debunking stuff like that, I think. But it was beautiful. It's... It was Because it, I never knew. My grandmother was like always fancying herself a psychic. My, really? My, oh, yeah, yeah. My grandmother well, was completely crazy. Some psychics like Sylvia Brown make $700 for a for 20-minute consultation. My grandmother had a monkey. It's a big scam. <laughs> she had a monkey? Did she yeah, really? she had a monkey. Yeah, a monkey's name was Chi-Chi. Monkey bite everybody. Okay, she was the only one that could hold on to this monkey. That's how crazy my grandmother was. She lived in a haunted house. All right? It was a haunted house because there was a dude they were renting a room to, and the guy died. And then he just kept showing up, you know, even after. 
after he was dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Weird house in North Ninth Street that they lived that they bought during the Italian period when all the immigrants were coming over. Right. So they got it like when my grandfather was working for the factories or making atomic bomb parts. Everybody always used to talk about that. You know, grandpa makes a part they use in the atomic bomb. I'd be like, wow, my grandpa's making the bomb. You yeah. know, they re- that's how fucking crazy people were back then. Yeah. But uh, this house, this neighborhood, while they were living there, constantly changed and got worse and worse and worse. They did blockbusting. They moved people in and said, hey, listen, black people are moving in. You better sell now. And they would sell up giant chunks of real estate at a fraction of what they're worth just through the scare tactics. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was like, I like black people. I'm not going anywhere. And he stayed. Mm-hmm. And because of that, their, their, their whole neighborhood like completely changed and became really scary and dangerous. Like North 9th Street right now, where they, they leveled their house. They died a few years back. But it was a really bad neighborhood by the time they were gone. I'm like, really bad. So, you know, a lot of people were seeing shit. Who's that? Is that my fucking on house? Edge all Jesus the time. Christ. On edge all the time. My grandmother already was crazy and she already had a monkey, you know? And if you were over that house, and I, I lived there for a while when I first came to New York, I didn't have any money. And uh, I, when I got signed by my manager, I had to leave my apartment, uh, travel by car all the way to New York. And I didn't have enough money to save up, like, for an apartment because I was only making, like, a couple hundred bucks a week, right. like, doing gigs when I first moved to New York. So I stayed with my grandfather in this terrible neighborhood in North 9th Street in in Jersey, in Newark. And while I was there, you'd hear sirens in the middle of the night. The next door neighbor, they broke down his house with a battering ram because he was selling crack. Jesus. Yeah, the week week or two weeks before I got there, (laughs) it was all like fenced off. There's yellow tape and shit. It was like, it was crazy. crazy. That was his next door neighbor. It was, and he knew that, that kid that became the drug dealer. He knew that kid from the time he was a baby. So he got to like experience this, this watching whole this yeah. generational, mm-hmm. yeah, wow. to becoming this you know twenty year old drug dealer with an Audi parked in his uh, you know like a little driveway area in in Newark. Unbelievable! Like, break it down. I mean, it was it was crazy, but you would feel like it was haunted because it was just so dangerous. It yeah. was crackling, so everybody was always like, "This house is haunted." And my yeah. grandmother was like, "I knew that was going to happen." She but always, any she old always say that. The house looks like it's haunted. Like, yeah. yeah, a scary old house. Kids will always think it's haunted, and then you just—it's a natural thing. Doing this, um, this show, the Joe Rogan Questions Everything show, I got to meet this guy Banachek, who's a mentalist. Did you do you know yeah, who that know. guy is? Yeah. Holy shit, is this guy good? What do you mean, a mentalist? He well, he tells you right away. I am bullshitting you. Okay, yeah. this is all tricks. But I'm going to show you how I tricked scientists in believing that I actually had psychic powers for four years. And he did. I mean, he's a master mentalist. He puts on shows. Like, he entertains, like, sort right. of like Penn and Teller type style. Yeah. So, dude, I, I had a dollar bill in my pocket. I pulled the dollar bill out. This is, we took coins, put them over his eyes, okay, and then duct taped over the coins. And I'm holding the dollar bill here, and he's reading the serial number. It's a dollar bill that came from my pocket. I, I know where the dollar bill came from because it was an afterthought to put it in my pocket. I grabbed my keys and there was like a five and a one sitting next to my keys. And I go, oh, let me get that too. And then I just stuffed it in my pocket and left the house. And so when he said, can you pull a bill out of your pocket? I knew the, it was a rare moment where I knew the exact like uh, the history of that dollar bill right. for the day. I knew he didn't get a hold of it. No one had placed it in my pocket. I was going to say, maybe he placed of hand. his bill in your pocket. Do you don't think I'd be able to feel a man's hands that close to my dick? I'm not. like a leopard, bro. <laughs> I'm, you can't just touch me like that. You can't touch me there. I watched a uh, Ted, so what, so Ted wait, Nugent so, hunting show. Let me just yeah. say this right now when yeah. we talk about leopards moving. And a deer got hit <laughs> by an arrow. And deers are so fucking fast. As the arrow is going through its body, it turned to get away. And so it wound up shooting through the top 
top of its body. Wow. Instead, yeah, yeah. And he shows it in Whoa. the video how it happened. And he's like, sometimes like deers defy science. Unreal, man. It's the magic bullet. But wait, yeah, so, the, so a he, real read, one. he read the serial number on the dollar yeah, bill. Yeah, he read the serial number on my fucking dollar bill. I have no idea how he did it. Mm-hmm. He he would he did a bunch of different things, like twisting a fork, but it's all tricks. Right. He tells you. He's like, I am not magic. I don't have psychic powers. He goes, I'm just really good at tricking you. Yeah, well, the good thing was when he did the, the scientists, he actually went into this scientific study with another guy. Uh, for about uh, several several months, and there was these scientists who were trying to. They were studying ESP, and they did all these tests on these two guys. But the two guys were actually the magicians. They were Banachek and this other guy, and so they were basically fooling the scientists. Oh. And the scientists ended up like <laughs> writing these papers about these like amazing guys, and they, they did all these these tests like where they would they would seal things up. So there was no way that uh, Banachek could actually get inside it, but he would figure out a way of getting inside the thing and like then bending the wire, then putting it back so no one could tell because he's a magician. He knows like he right. had to yeah. do dodgy stuff like that, and he completely fooled them for several months. And they were writing all these things in these <laughs> academic journals yeah. about how they'd actually discovered ESP and how they'd been replicating it. But it was all this thing set up by uh, by James Randi, who's. Uh, you know, he's a really old-time skeptic. He's a guy who debunked uh, Yuri Geller and people like that. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah, little, little, yeah. Little guy with a beard. Yeah, he's that's he's a, a fascinating cat. And um, the whole skeptic versus psychic movement or mm-hmm. uh, debate is a very interesting one as well. I did um, an episode where we went to the Rhine Institute and we, you know, did all the, uh, you know, the Rhine Institute mm-hmm. for psychic studies, oh. something. What is it's a, it's a really interesting setup where they have all these ancient methods that they used to use to try to figure out whether or not someone had psychic powers, the ability to pick which color light is going to turn on next, the ability. I failed all of them, <laughs> failed everything. <laughs> I have zero psychic power. Zero. I mean, I have fucking fucking zero. But then there was a, a scene where I had to go into this dark room and try to generate energy. And uh, I was like, okay, like what? Like this is, or there's a guy named, I think his name's Ed. And Ed knew how to uh, get it up to a million, which is higher than uh, Chi Masters. Like they had, all this, no way! they had all this crazy talk about your body being able to uh, generate light. So mine is very high. My reading is very high. But I take into consideration what I was doing afterwards, and I'm like, I was wearing a battery pack. Like, how is that? <laughs> I mean, that's not. That's like the least scientific way of measuring so light. Funny. I mean, I have a fucking thing that has a light in it. Even if you cover the light with a piece of tape, which they did, yeah. and even if you put the light under a shirt, if I'm fucking stretching around, what are the odds of some light peeking out there and setting right. your equipment? What kind of science right. are we doing right. here? Ridiculous. The thing is, if they could actually prove this stuff, they would be winning Nobel Prize because it's like they completely changed science and then they claim that they have this proof and this evidence that uh, you know they can do detecting like ESP and stuff but when the push comes to shove they well, actually can't I, you know what man I've never seen anyone who can do it but I, I, I can't believe that I know the extent of the capabilities of all human beings mm-hmm. there's people that have some really bizarre intuitive skills there's people that uh, no danger better than other yeah, people. You see Banachek doing this stuff. Yes. You see well, he is a guy, this, by the way, who grew up in a very, very uh, dangerous time. He grew up in South Africa. He was raising his uh, kids, his uh, brothers and sisters, I believe, by himself. 
I don't know if you have brothers and sisters. Beings, what, like he grew yeah. up like a street kid, yeah. right? And that's that's experience. Human beings are really, really good at pattern recognition. So they did lots of studies with with SWAT team guy, a veteran SWAT team guy, and then they took a rookie cop. And and the veterans they'd have a guy just walking up to a school uh, up to a school with a bomb pack to his body and behaving in a certain way. And when they'd simulate it, the SWAT team guy would shoot him way earlier because the SWAT team guy was able to pick up immediately something was wrong with this guy. He wasn't a regular guy. It was a twitch in his arm or whatever, and he recognized patterns over years, and that's what he was good at. So human beings get, get, can can mm-hmm. develop what would be appear to be psychic powers because they pick up on, pattern recognition, right, and pick well, up on signals way beforehand. Like a guy who trains grizzly bears or lions, he was telling me. He said, "I, I don't get bit because the lion or the grizzly bear, if he's in an irritable mood, is going to tell me three minutes beforehand." when he's going to attack. And people who don't know animals are the ones who get attacked. He said, when a grizzly bear is having a hard time with you, he'll start clicking his jaw. The minute he clicks his jaw, training session's over, baby. That It's done. And lions are the same way. They start giving you signals way, way before, and they're subtle signals. But you, if you don't know how to read them, you're in big trouble. If you do know how to read them, step off. Right, so you're not a horse whisperer, bitch. Yeah, it, seems okay. like, it seems like they're reading <laughs> right, the mind, right. the mind right. reading of the, the bear. But it's, yeah. not, it's just the, they're looking they're at very the, well... Versed in uh, in bath psychology. The, that Caesar Milan guy, you know right. that dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy kicks dogs. Have you ever seen him kick dogs? Yeah, like this with the not, behind. Not that I'm thinking there's anything wrong with kicking some no, dogs to put them in line. He checks, he checks them, them. Like, but he checks them hard, dude. And he's you know, amazing. it's not. But what I'm saying is he's very good at training dogs, and I'm not saying that what he does is wrong. But what I'm saying is he ain't psychic. Right. He's, not, he's not whispering no. to these fucking dogs, no. No. right? He, he just understands them. He doesn't them. claim to be either. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Does, no, he, he, tells, he tells people all the time, yeah. he goes, you got to key into yourself. He says, yes. I'm here to train you. I'm not here. The dog's fine. dog tries to bite people and, and attacks stone reflection. It's actually, you're the problem. Well, I think, too, like when you're talking about your friend who's like a sniper, I bet you would, there's a certain pattern recognition to people that are experiencing a massive dump of adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Like a, the, the, mm-hmm. the way they move, there's probably an erratic nature to the movement of a person who's, uh, you know, literally at death's door. Mm. That's a that's got to be an insanely intense experience, and I bet if you've seen that from a person, and you're like, oh Jesus, you know, you see like a guy who's high on the the adrenaline of about being about to do something. That's, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at a guy who's a suicide bomber or something along those lines, like, could you imagine what that? The sweat. Yeah, and they, the, the, they train the TSA to look for those signs. Oh uh, yeah, and, and in Israel, and who better to look than those fucking cracks, those <laughs> crack scientists and detectives, those crack commandos, those those people, a Johnny on the spot at the TSA. <laughs> yeah. Joe, have you seen this lion attack video? Yes, yeah, I have. So you can put it on if you want. It's I, I, it's pretty fucked up, right? I've seen them all. Yeah, they fucked this guy up, man. Uh. And look at the girl holds her ground. The girl is the only thing to save this bitch. That guy got fucked up. Oh my god! Could you even imagine that? Oh my god! And they're squirting him with a hose and pointing him with sticks. Yeah, like, you have to. I know, but what the fuck else instead can you of do? running the fuck out they of that They have case. to, man. That's their gig. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. back out now, bitch, you're fired. Lions like to fight, too. You know what, man? The, I, I don't believe that lions should be held in captivity. I agree with you on that. And I certainly don't believe that they should be held in captivity and forced to do tricks. I think that's utter, total bullshit, stupidity, insanity. I think if you want to keep them in large preserves where they can roam free... That's one thing. But guess what? You should feed them animals. If you're going to have them somewhere in any form of... Oh, shit! That is terrifying, man. 
Really is, man. Yeah, now they like doing that. Now they found out how fun that can be. Yeah, that's right. Your food. Oh, my God. Lions can only be pushed so far, man. Look at that. That dude got fucked up. Jesus. Oh, my God. This is such an insane place to be. They need to get Poking out of a there. stick they at fucking lions. Oh, you got jacked again. Oh, my God. What a nightmare it must be for those people. You got to get out. Boy, that chick that is strong. Tough. She's tough. She's holding her ground. And the lions aren't fucking with her, no, man. He must be the bad guy. Yeah, these guys must be dicks. Just get out of that cage. That's total speculation and very rude of me, yeah, too, I right. should say. Yeah. These guys are getting attacked by animals. I'm adding <laughs> insult to injury. It's fucked out. up. Why would we pick him as the... I don't know. I'm just being silly. But I don't mean anything I'm saying. I'm trying to be entertaining. <laughs> but it's kind of like that movie Zookeeper that you were in, Joe, when that one guy was being mean to the gorilla. Remember? Yeah, that's sort of the cliche, right? right. It's sort of like the evil stepmother. Right. You know, that the, the zookeepers are always dicks to the animals. There's always one zookeeper who really doesn't like animals. You assholes. That's in the movies, yeah. Whoops, sorry. Yeah, this Banachek cat, um, he blew my mind and really changed the way I look at a lot of what I thought was like psychic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, it really set into my head. I still leave open the door for things that I don't have, abilities that I don't possess. I don't know. I, I don't know if we've completely explored the boundaries of, of human possibility. And I also don't know if what is possible today is going to be what's possible five years from now or 10 years from now. I think that if human beings got to this point through adaptation, through you know natural advantage, we got to all the things that we possess, you know, the ability to see, touch and feel and hear and smell. Why would I assume that there wouldn't be some sort of new thing that comes after that? I think if it does come, though, it's going to be a long augmentation. Time. Yes. It's not going to be from evolution. It's going to be it from could be. us actually modifying our bodies to gain mm-hmm. this. Like a You're brain right. implant will give you telepathy. It could be. You know, there was an article that I tweeted about Google. Your brain. Yes. There was an article I tweeted about Google that was like, you, you're going to be able to have an implant. Their ultimate goal of the Google Glass mm-hmm. is to be able to have an implant. And when you have a thought in your mind, it that gives you the answer. Stated, that is their stated goal. That's right. Wow. That's, that's right. so awesome. Yeah. So yeah. people are evolving themselves. It's like normal evolution is stopped for humans. Right. But let me, let me take it from a different angle. Isn't that also natural evolution? Natural evolution yeah. by a human being augmenting his body with artificial technology is still a part of the actual evolution of the species. It just figured out how to bypass the normal slow steps of the biological genetic evolution it's and pro- create natural. some shit with the imagination, the That's imagination it. that That's lives it. inside the biological yeah. entity. It knew its own it's limitations. It's not the same thing, though. It's, I think it's no, an inevitable no, consequence of like intelligent species You're evolving, right. but it's, it's a completely different thing. Watch You're right, but then a, again, yeah. it's still is another it's like another Homo path that was taken yeah. by it's nature the same way a bee making a beehive it's going to happen it's sort of it's like a, a natural Homo part evolutus. we would never want to talk to each gives an amazing talk about it on ted.com about how when they invent an artificial eye that can see a mile away see during the night and it's biocompatible and an ear that does the same thing and a nanobot the size of a red blood cell you're going to use those things and we are going to mesh with machines way sooner than we'll ever evolve into it's coming yeah and i bet the first thing is going to be dicks. It's going to be artificial dicks. <laughs> There's no doubt. Dudes are going to be, you know, be we haven't been able to figure that out yet. They've been able to figure out erections. Yep. They've been able to figure out Rogaine. 
clean, keeping some of your hair. There's a few things you're still working on. But if, as soon as they can figure out a way to actually grow dicks. Because <laughs> they're going to do that with – they're doing it with breasts. There's studies right now going uh, – Cloning uh, t- uh, How to tissue? manipulate tissue mm-hmm. so that it, the, the woman will grow natural breasts. With stem cells, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the, the exact uh, process or of guys. it. But, but they're going to uh, try to figure out. Yeah, I guess a guy could grow some tits yeah. too. They're, these guys, these tra- uh, transgenders. Yes, good boy, uh, good catch. They're going to be have some great titties soon, and maybe extra dicks. Well, I think that also they're probably going to be a full, like, complete XY, you know, chromosome woman, like as much of a full, complete woman as you can get. Like they'll be able to genetically engineer a vagina. It won't have to be some sort of a thing that you're making out of a penis. In, right. in the future, you're going to be able to, uh, like, you, you might have still keep your chromosomes. It might still be an XY chromosome, but you will essentially be 100% female yeah. in every way. So yeah. would you hit it? Like if, if, if she had the best pussy, the best boobs. It'd be a real issue. It'd be a real issue. Well, you know, progressive society would like you to admit that that is a real woman. Right. Asshole. And they would say that. Asshole. She is a real woman. If she became a real woman, would you hit it? She is a real woman. Asshole. Yeah. There's, there yeah. is a thing. Still genetically a man. But you know, they're not, the, the, the progressive opinion is that you're, you shouldn't even have to divulge that you used to be a man. That's, uh, that's your I, medical I just history. Read, I just read Warrior Princess, and I'm having him on my podcast, her on my podcast, Kristen Beck, who was Chris Beck, who was a member of SEAL Team 6, DevGrew, uh, mm. and a and, and fascinating book because he was all – she, but, but when she was a he – uh, always felt like a girl, always, and goes into why he thinks that's the case. Some of it had to do with the way he was raised, but also it was just the way he felt. And and literally, as, as when he was even a very small kid, was always stealing his sister's clothes and wearing them, and just always felt like a woman. Joins the SEAL teams, SEAL Team Six, to push what he calls his inner girl down. Wow. And come back after training, it would roar back. In full, like he'd be back for two months. He'd be on a sailboat, dressed like a woman every single day. <laughs> and this is an elite commando, a decorated war hero, and by the way, a war veteran. By the and way, by the way, yes. Also, had done thirteen deployments, and I, I believe, still works for the Department of Defense now that he's christened back. Can't wait to get uh, her on my podcast to talk. Was that about was this. that an extended plug? It was not. You haven't even talked to her yet. I thought making... you were going to tell her she talked <laughs> oh, to no, her. No, no, no. You the, son of a bitch. Over one and two, by the way. You just yeah, extended yeah, yeah. plug. Does. The point I'm making. <laughs> Brian yes. Callen show. It's on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, that's right. But but the point is that it was it, when when you when you read this book and you realize how strong the urge to be a woman was, mm-hmm. and then she went ahead and got this whole operation, which is a major thing. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge thing. Uh, and, and by the and took so much flack for it. I you know in a way, I mean, it just it, it was something. Maybe she just perhaps had to you do could get her a flak jacket. Herself. What's that? Perhaps you could get her a flak jacket. <laughs> It would help protect her from flack. This is from flack. <laughs> Thank you. Flack seeds. Wah, wah, wah. I'm going to open with that this weekend in Brea. That was a plug. See, that's how you do a plug the right oh, way. That's good. Like I, will, that? I, will, I will not be opening with that when I'm in uh, Raleigh, North I, Carolina. Good. I, would never, um, I, could, I would never guess to know what goes on inside someone's body. Right. If someone tells me they were born a woman and they really are a man, I, I, who the fuck would I, but, to, let me ask who you would a I be to tell them that's not the case? But here's my question to you. Is you have say this MMA fighter uh, who who is now has gotten this this sex change but yeah I've talked about that on the podcast so yeah. many times and yeah. I've also been uh, in like enraging Twitter discussions with people right, right. where okay. you know we don't have to go it's my my feeling is I absolutely support anyone who wants to be a transgender, but I think there is a, a real 
issue with combat sports. Mm. I don't necessarily believe that there has been enough studies done that show that the male frame is not a significant advantage to have. Right. The male, the mechanics of the, the different shaped hips, there's a far less likelihood of ACL injuries for men just be, because of the shape of the hips. Mm. I mean, these are small issues. A big one is reaction time. Um, in measurable reaction time, men have shown a 10%, a 10% faster reaction time almost across the board with mm. elite athletes. Wow. 10% faster than women. Mm. That's a big issue with striking. Yes. A really big issue. And even though they're swimming that can get to a skill level that will overcompensate that. I think that alone seems to me, unless you can replicate that somewhere uh, healthily for, for women, like it was, if there was something that women could take that would bring their natural reaction levels to where a man is, then I don't think it can ever be safe. I think if a guy's an elite guy and a girl's an elite girl and the guy has a one-tenth of a a second quicker that's reaction huge. time that's gigantic yeah. so that alone and this is not an, a transphobic argument to me because i'm as completely open-minded as you can be i try very hard to look at things from everybody's different point of view and i have zero issue with anyone wanting to change their gender zero me i think there i'll call you a woman you you no, my issue only lies in combat sports because I just don't think it's fair. Mm. And, you know, there's been an argument and a good one, in fact, uh, that I've considered as well, that several people have said, well, what about women who are naturally more aggressive or naturally have more testosterone? Like Serena Williams, who's a natural woman, but a, a really big, powerful athlete. Mm. It's a very good point mm -hmm. because there's, there's women that are not going to be able to compete with her physically if they have the same skills, you know, the same level of technical proficiency. The They're not going to be able to compete with her. The same argument they were talking about where one, well, I think it was Maurice Green, Maurice Green has an inordinate number, uh, amount of testosterone in his blood naturally occurring, whereas another sprinter does not mm -hmm. so then nature is unfair in that sense so well, it's, Green, it's certainly unfair so now where's that so if he has 300 milli, whatever milligram i don't know how to measure it but say 300 parts per million and the other guy has 100 parts per million what would it be acceptable for him then to take hormone you know well that's a good question them, you know? it's a good question and that's uh, a question that's actually recently been proposed by mma fighters that are saying well listen if these people are on testosterone replacement therapy everybody should be allowed to be on it right. like that's the only, as long as your levels are the same like you're you're because these people are taking the like if they have a, an issue they're taking testosterone and it's jacking them up to a very high level that very few people maintain at mm -hmm. their age limit mm -hmm. but that's the acceptable limit that's not very scientific to me because I feel like there's always going to be people that have a natural level that's very high that gets beaten down during training. And it's not going to occur the same way in the person that's using endogenous chemicals. So that's, there's an issue with that. There's an issue that I think has not been fully, completely resolved. That's why sanctioning is by a state-by-state -state basis, a case-by-case -case basis. It's not like testosterone replacement therapy is not like uniformly accepted across the board. In fact, in some places, like uh, fighters have had to go and fight like uh, in Winnipeg. Um, I'm pretty sure Rashad Evans, who was on it, had to get – or not Rashad Evans, excuse me, Dan Henderson, who was on it, had to get off of it because they wouldn't allow him to take testosterone replacement and, and fight in Canada. So the, the UFC has a limit to what your testosterone. It's not can the UFC. Be. Oh. It's the state. Well, the UFC is oh. just a promoter. Oh, I see. We we are not the athletic bodies. Oh. So the Nevada State Athletic Commission they they look at things that way. But I think like scientifically we have to agree that it's a real issue as far as a performance enhancer. It's very significant. It's a, it gives you a significant advantage. And then also you have to realize what's next. 
when they do have these nanobots, nanobot, and like I said that, it's like when you say <laughs> Afghanistan. Are you from Afghanistan? These nanobots. These nanobots. When they do have these things, and you're taking them, Mick, and just so you can hold your breath at the bottom of a pool mm-hmm. and make a YouTube video for five hours, you know that's what they're going to be able to do, according to Ray Kurzweil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, who would who who wouldn't take that? Yeah, yeah. What are you crazy? Well, what do you so want to what drown? does it say about the Olympics too? When when you got a swimmer who doesn't have to lift his head and exactly time's, just time's fucking goes for it, be shattered. Yeah, but I think that in the the idea of keeping sport pure, you can't hold back evolution. And there's an evolution that we don't want to accept. It's a symbiotic evolution of humans and technology to create the new human. Mm. You know, it's it's fucking happening whether you like it or not. Samsung has a new watch now that tells you how fast your heart rate is all the shit that's going on how many calories you burn really? each day syncs up to your smartphone yeah when, how long before that thing's just embedded in your skin you know how long how long before they they take your ear your shitty designed ear oh you get right. an earache how about we replace it with this carbon fiber thing that can hear on the moon so you know it's coming yeah. it's yeah. coming and if, if you say no you're stupid you're just as stupid as someone who doesn't get their bone bone fixed when it breaks right. it's going to come with its own challenges that's for sure oh absolutely just like everything else we've ever done in life has come with challenges yeah. i think the big thing is when we uh, we we get aging addressed by these type yes. of things and people start living like 100 or 200 years yes that's and, gonna be a big problem and that's not far away no. they that's say not the first, far away the first 150 year old man has already been born uh first 150 yeah, year old likely. person yeah it's to me it's absolutely and completely fascinating this incredible time of change and this incredible time of possibility the the openings are just so much greater now than they've ever been before as far as the possibility for change mm. like giant waves of change that will make the world almost impossible to comprehend to us right now like uh, as as freakish as the internet is for us Today, I think what's going to be next in the next four or five hundred years is going to blow all this away. If we manage to stay alive, we manage to not blow ourselves up. I think they're going to resolve so many issues, environmental issues, social issues, the the, the, the structure of society, the, the, the way we distribute money. All these things are, they're an echo of a shitty, ignorant time. And we're stuck with a lot of really crummy fucking infrastructure and a really crummy system of doing things and a really crummy representation of the humans that are living on this planet as far as the distribution of resources the acclimation of uh, accumulation of wealth i think we're going to figure all that out in the future it may be three four generations from now but when we figure out all our social shit, if we figure out that at the same time they figured out a way to actually use pollution for energy, mm-hmm. keep the world clean with technology, that's something that people don't look at as a possibility. I think the technology, though, is going to go ahead of the social change. So you're going to get this new technology, but you're going to have the same old social structures that you had before. And that's going to create this huge conflict where you're going to have this kind of a technological elite, but you're still going to have these masses of people who are just stuck in the old ways. It could be, but I don't think it has to be. I think there's a very distinct feeling that I get from from communicating with people over the last few years that people more people are paying more attention 
to the way the world is run than ever before. More people are getting more sensitive about inequality than mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like I felt in a long mm-hmm. time. Steven Pinker's book said that in the 2000s, less people were killed violently than in any time in our history. So, that, and, and another guy wrote a, ra- a book called The Rational Optimist. Have you read that? A very yeah. good book. Matt Ridley, I think his name. And, uh, um, same idea, just, just where we're headed. There is there is progress that the way you're talking about. More sort of, uh, I guess, transparency and people not as ignorant people at least having more access to information yeah i don't think there's any evidence that points that people are going to continue to remain ignorant in the face of so much access to information that we have today i mean it's just the this is a completely different world the kids that are born in the last three or four years are growing up in a world that we couldn't even have fucking imagined my little kid knows how to go onto itunes and order more points for the game that she likes to play (laughs) she's five i was she knows how to go to iTunes, add in this. Mommy, what's your password? Dig, 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 dig. She's fucking five. You know, when you try to follow the thread, if you, were to, if you were to say in seven generations, it feels like we're being pushed to move beyond our basic biology. Yes. That, that's what it feels like. And so, so if you were to able to download uh, information into one's brain or even reverse download the information in your brain into something as we were talking about um, – then the question becomes, to what end is that? I, I've been trying to follow that thread. Why? What, what goes on? Say we are – because you, if you could tap into a neural net, have virtual experiences, what it is to be someone else, uh, and, and we just get nudged closer and closer together into this sort of one sort of mind, if you will, which I think is not far-fetched. I mean it's kind it's, of where we're headed now. It's inevitable. It? I can do stand-up now in – you know. <laughs> Uh, California and New York, it's kind of the same audience. It used to be very, very different. We're, we're starting to, you know, you can go do stand-up Boy, now did you just go selfish with that. <laughs> I did, I did. We're talking about the I unification did. of the entire world. It all comes back to stand-up, dude. And you're talking Always about your audiences in Raleigh, New York. To Raleigh, North Carolina. No. You son of wow. a bitch. Uh, no, but, but, um, dare you. but I wonder this then, is exactly what, what I asked you not to do. The, what do you think is the end result, though? What do you think is, where, do, where are we going with that? Well, the, the, the theory is like the, the singularity mm-hmm. is that all of humanity and all technology will combine into this one thing. Mm. But I think it's going to be uh, you know, a remarkable set of circumstances that would have to happen for that to, to come about. I think it's inevitable. I think that remarkable set of circumstances is inevitable. We're not going to stop. If it takes five years or 500 years, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take. But if innovation continues to move forward in the same exponential exponential rate of progression that it's if we shown. Don't blow up the planet, you say. Yeah. Well, not problem. only that, it's not just that. That's one. The, the other ones that are way bigger are the natural ones, like the hundreds of thousands of near-Earth objects that could uh-huh. be fucking zooming at us 45,000 miles an hour from behind the sun. And those things are going to slam into us again. It's happened before. Yeah. There's a lot of recent information that shows that uh, more than 10,000 years ago, there was a, a series of major impacts all throughout the world. They found volcanic glass all throughout Asia and Europe that indicates meteor showers. They got that Clovis comet that they've They've now confirmed hit at somewhere around 12,500 years ago. These are like not that big mm. you know, a gap between us and that. Yeah. That's not that long ago. 12,000 years ago, there was like some extinction events. Like North America was wiped out. Like that's happened. Then it's just some shit that comes out of the sky. Maybe just climate change, though. Just yes, it's going to be a slow death of civilization. If uh, slow death of Miami, that's for fuck sure. As, as a skeptic, are you um, a believer in global warming? You hear a lot of people saying, "Well, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah." Now, I think the science behind it is really solid. That there is, there has been warming over the mm-hmm. last hundred years, and man is behind it. Uh, so the question is, like, you know, what do you do about it? Yeah, that gets obscured with the um, the argument that it's a natural cycle because that's true. 
there is a natural cycle of heating and cooling, and there have been times yeah. before people, like the Ice Age, when, you know, North America had a mile-high sheet of ice at part of it. You know, there was a, a big chunk of this country that was a glacier. Mm. That, yeah. that, but that maybe have changed without human interaction or human intervention or human causation, but that doesn't mean that this is. Mm. Like, the idea that just because the Earth's temperature fluctuates doesn't mean that we don't influence it. Like, it's pretty obvious we influence it. You'd have to be crazy to fly above the city and look at how many fucking planes are crisscrossing the skies and how much smog is down there and you fly over cities and see the pollution. To think that's having no impact is just silly. Yeah. It's just silly. Yeah, when I was saying that about the, the science being solid, it uh, made me think of what I said earlier about the chemtrail people. That they, they, they have a similar kind of point of view about chemtrails. They think the science is solid. On yeah, chemtrails, but, but we think the science is solid on global climate change, and their perception of what I'm saying is going to be the, exactly the same as my perception of as that of them. The science of what is you know what they're pointing to, some of it is so nutty. And w- one of the ones that I argued with this guy who created the documentary was straight off of your site. We went to Nick's site, and uh, Mick has this um, thing on his site where it shows. Um, the study that this gentleman was quoting in his documentary. It shows the results of the soil sample, well, a sludge sample that he was saying was a water sample. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm going over this information with him, and he's assuring me of the veracity of these tests, and I know what this guy told me, that this is water. But it says on the sample, sludge. And so we test, we, he, he tests this stuff, and we read the results of the test, and it says, you know, X amount of aluminum and X amount of barium. It, it basically has the same composition as what a lot of dirt has. Mm. Like, if you scooped up some dirt, you're going to find a lot of aluminum in it. It's like a really natural yeah, it's re- occurring like mineral. 7%. It's an amazing amount, because it's like, I didn't yeah, know, like it's rock, everywhere. It's rock the, is aluminum in it. Wow. Yeah, it's the, one of the most common minerals. So I say to this guy, like, do you understand that you're saying that your your dirt tested positive for being dirt? <laughs> that's what this says. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But that is the best piece of evidence that chemtrails are real. You know, so everyone's saying, like, the high levels of aluminum, high levels of barium. Lu- aluminum is everywhere, okay? Yeah. It's fucking everywhere. And if you knew that, we wouldn't be having this discussion. If you knew that aluminum was in dirt all over the fucking world, you wouldn't be worried about people spraying it from the sky. Why would they do that? It's everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. And if it was in the sky, and this is what really got me annoyed, talk to many people that believe that those clouds are aluminum and you know something else like floating in the air. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to anybody who's actually seen aluminum, it wouldn't look anything like a fucking cloud. It wouldn't look like a cloud, and it wouldn't stay in the air. It yeah. wouldn't just float there. It's got weight to it. Right. It's not mist. It's like, like what you're looking powder. at is, is actual clouds. It's not like you like when they sky right, that's smoke. But even that doesn't last. Mm-hmm. It dissipates. Right. When they fly over in a in a you know, and you see like a, a big fat heavy contrail, that that's a fucking cloud, man. Right. That's not aluminum. That's a cloud. Yeah, and it's not even really coming out of the back of the plane. The plane's just triggering it. It's making a cloud form by just... That's the spray nozzles. Condensing the spray nozzles have been documented on my website, Infowars.com. We've got high-resolution photographs, Brian Callen. They're spraying your children (laughs) with boron and lithium. What's your stance on Tower 7? Uh, what do you want to know? Because it, that's one of the things that drives me the most crazy. Yeah, I just, yeah. I'm just like, please stop. You know, uh, do you do you think it? Wait was a minute, it drives in, you the most crazy that people talk about it as a conspiracy? Yeah. Why is it driving you crazy? Because it's just like people thinking that there, there, it was exploded. Like, yeah, do, you th- do you believe? No, in, I, I think it just uh, caught fire and it collapsed. Yeah. Now I, the the heat 
that it says it made. There's some people saying that it was, you know... There's a huge amount of uh, different things that people right. bring up in 9-11, and it's one of the big problems with, with debunking, is that there's just a, an endless stream of things that people will bring up. They'll say, you know, what about the hotspots? What about the freefall? What about the, the little bits of fire? What about, like... What the, about the squib the explosions yeah, on the side that? of the building? And you can go through each one of them, and you can address each one individually and explain what's actually going on. Well, let me tell you how I approached it. I looked at it, the first thing I said, oh my God, they detonated that thing for sure. I said, the way it looked to me, like the thing exploded um, or rather um, collapsed into its foundation. I'd never seen a building do that before. It had a hole in the side of it where it had been hit by the uh, the towers that were falling. And even though there was this big chunk missing from one side, it fell uniformly, kinked mm-hmm. in the middle and fell like the controlled demolition. And so I was looking at it. I was like, you know what? That looks like a fucking controlled demolition. And then I realized that I'm stupid <laughs> and I'm not an engineer at all. <laughs> and I don't know the tolerances of fire and metal and the metal. weight of the concrete and I'm looking at this and yeah it did fall free fall speed but maybe that's what fucking happens when you get this cra- and people are like well there's never been a building that's ever burnt to the ground and fell like that and collapsed that's true but there's also never been a bridge like that giant bridge in Minnesota that just collapsed and those people were driving over it remember that right. it was a big yeah. fucking tragedy right. man the, yeah. bi- the bridge just collapsed sometimes people they design shit and then when they put it together it sucks you know, and sometimes you have these giant fires that exposes the fact that your design sucks. Yeah, that's well, exactly jet- what happened. Yeah. They had to change building codes afterwards because of the, the the reason the building seven collapsed. They think is that they had these very long spans of the floor, and one end wasn't secured as well as the other end, so it pushed one end off, and that fell, and that kind of caused a change. Pull it reaction. up, pull it up, Brian. Just let's look look at it in real time because it's it is incredible how fast it falls. It literally yeah. falls free fall speed. What, it's like it, the whole thing. Falls- gives oh, yeah. out uniformly and but, it just but, collapses into its base. That video is very misleading because a lot of the times people show you this video of the building collapsing and they show it from after where the penthouse falls. Where the penthouse is falling uh, and in World Trade Center is, is showing the interior of the building is collapsing. Hmm. And when you actually see the building itself collapsing, there's pretty much nothing left of the it's building. It's just the outside just of the, the building. Outside. The inside is either it's either collapsed or it's in the process of collapsing. And you've oh. got this very strong skin outside. And that's the other thing about Building 7, the interior Here, we're going to show it up on these, uh, this big screen in a Isn't second. Isn't there yeah. the idea of jet fuel oh. burning so hot that it melts metal? Yeah, so, that's, so, that's nonsense, though, because yeah. it doesn't burn hot enough to melt it. It, it burns hot enough to weaken it. Here, let's watch it here. Let's watch the sucker go down. Ready? Yeah, you see, that, that's like several seconds into the collapse. I'm going to tell you something, though. If I was Larry Silverstein, I would sue the fuck out of whoever built me that shitty building. God damn. Because if that isn't some grand conspiracy, to, the CIA, the DEA, they have their documents in that building along with major banks. Isn't that uh, part of the conspiracy? Yeah, it is. It is, is right. it, but is that true? That is true, right? Yeah, they had some documents in there, and they lost sons, a bunch of stuff. Those uh, sons of bitches are in on it. It was also backed up on a computer, were... right? no, 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 no backup. They don't do backup. They write things down on paper. It was <laughs> all in that building, it's all on and they blooted that shit up. <laughs> they blooted that shit up to protect the evidence. Um, and I'm not saying that Alex is wrong, again, because I, I am stupid, but... Uh, I would be fucking pissed off if I made that building and it fell apart like that. God I damn, I'd be mad. I don't think he expected that to happen. The either. building was was to code though. That was like they just didn't know that that type of thing was going to happen. The idea that they could have giant diesel fucking tanks in the basement that's running everything. Mm. They had giant diesel tanks. Yeah. Like, that's part of what started this massive inferno. No, it destroyed. didn't. It didn't? It didn't? No, that's no. more horseshit? No, yeah, the, the diesel tanks, they actually recovered a whole bunch of that diesel what? afterwards. 
so they had diesel tanks. The whole building's on fire. Yeah. And the diesel tanks didn't catch on fire? Yeah, because the, the whole building wasn't on fire. It was like several floors and several sections of it. But like the sections with the diesel, they were isolated and they, okay. they didn't burn. Wait they didn't minute, contribute that, to the if, Hold on a second. So you're saying that whole thing wasn't on fire? If it wasn't on fire, how the fuck did this happen? Then? Lots of it was on fire. Only two, how like, many floors two major on fire? floors, I believe, right? That's it? No, no. There was, there was like two, two floors that did uh, the big collapse. Uh, I can't remember which they were, but... Uh, Huh. I think it was 17 and 18. So maybe. how many floors are on fire here? Um, well, most of the floors are on fire on the south side. If you look at the south side of the building, the entire thing is engulfed in smoke. You can't south really side's see. always cooler. Why is that? <laughs> Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, baby. On the south side of Chicago. The, if the, the, the biggest thing is that, you know, I just read Lawrence Wright's Pulitzer Prize winning book called The... Um, their looming tower, and he takes five exhaustive years to, to study the origins of 9-11 and this this sort of Islamic fundamentalist movement that uh-huh. happened, started in Saudi Arabia and moved to the Sudan and moved to Afghanistan. I mean, if you really – I always say hey, – look up at the screen. There's the fires. Theorists. Read yeah, that that's, book. That's, that's totally outside. different. The yeah, whole that side book, is on fire. That book <laughs> – was designed by the government. It is a disinformation campaign. It's been proven on Infowars.com. Yeah, look at that. That's like a I just have to take the Alex Jones point of view because like I'm it. sure he has documents. He's my I friend. Like it. Uh, it, underneath that smoke, there's one entire column in the middle of, the, of that face. Yeah, I don't gone. feel comfortable with that being enough to bring that fucking building down. I'm going be honest with you. Well, what he's saying is that it pretty much did a collapse. Like one of the floors... Fucked, like fell down. Oh, I understand yeah. the, the whole yeah. concept, but I don't buy it's it. It's not just I, based I on fire, it. though. I don't buy it. I think the DEA, the NSA, they place thermite. That's a lot of people in the building. I'm, 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 I'm being honest. I'm just being honest. I, I really, I look at that, and I, the way it, it collapses, like God, it, I think yeah. it would need to be really, 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 really fucked up. But the thing is that the explanation of why it collapses is just a bit too complicated. But why is it too complicated to all those architects and engineers for 9/11 Truth? Are those guys all crazy heads? They're just kind of the uh, the fringe, bottom of the barrel. Of the architects and engineers. Oh, how dare you? How dare you discredit them <laughs> ad hominem attacks on these fine gentlemen? And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of them are very good at what they do, but they're, they're not generally experts in uh, structural engineering of large buildings and their reactions to fire. Because mm. when that building was built, the people who were engineers at that time thought that it was perfectly safe, and they thought if there was a fire, it wasn't going to collapse because they didn't factor in this one thing. You know, I look at it, and it looks like a controlled demolition to me. But again, I'm not saying it is. What I'm saying is, remember the story I told you about Ted Nugent shooting the deer in the yeah. side, and the arrow comes out of the top uh-huh. of it? Uh-huh. Weird shit fucking happens sometimes. Sure. And you get some asshole made you a shitty-ass building. This building, man... This building sucks a fat one, dude. And it's got a little bitty fire in it. It just collapses. I mean, that's not really a little bitty fire. Yeah. Dude, it is not enough to bring down a giant building. building. We can't tell how well, big the did. fire is. <laughs> yeah. Or the CIA or had documents. What about the thermite? Can you disprove the thermite, <laughs> McQuest? No, you can't disprove anything. Hey, 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 hey. Stop trying to skirt around my questions with your New World Order flim flam. <laughs> Do you disprove thermite? All those, you know what really bummed me out? There was a photo that someone had sent me. Uh, like, look at this dude. This is proof that there had to be some sort of thermite involved in the cutting of the steel at the uh-huh. base of the building. Fact. And this guy turned out to be, he's, a, he's an author of questionable literature. 
It's just right. now I think it's all of his stuff is fucking cuckoo head shit. Because I I looked at it and I I found out that no, that's not what it is. They actually put that stuff on. They they actually cut those things at the end when they were doing cleanup. Yeah. That's from a, a torch. They sliced yeah. it down with Double a steel lumps. cutting torch. Yeah. Wait, what was? Well, I'm sorry. What, what, what? Well, people were sending these these emails or these mass emails showing these cuts uh-huh. that had been made during cleanup when you know the the the, the towers fell right, down. Right, right, There's right, 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 right. Devastating, destructive huge impact they had to clean up all the debris and they had to cut a lot of it up and the photos of the the stuff cut up people were sending it around as proof of thermite they used thermite look at it sliced at an angle could not have been possibly created by the explosion of the building that's a fire right there that's a big ass fire yeah but like how many floors is that though is that enough to bring down my building i'll fucking sue you bitch (laughs) it's because that was my building nearly all of the video is from the north side of the tower so you can only see these very small fires because all the fires started when like the World Trade Center 2 yeah. like uh, or 1 I can't remember which one it was I understand and f- I understand it for the record I just want to let everybody know and when I say that it looks like a controlled demolition I'm definitely not saying that it is or not saying it does look like one it does look like one yeah. and I'm not saying that I have any right to debate the structural merits of this building I've I know nothing I'm completely <laughs> retarded when it comes to that and my dad's an architect oh is he yeah I mean I guess I could call him up and ask him some you questions you make a good about, point about the fact that you have a lot of so called experts on that truth commission thing or the, the people the truthers bottom of the barrel um, architects and, well, well, or, or their expertise isn't isn't huge structures yeah, and how they would how they uh, respond to fire and, and impact I mean yeah, that's I mean, a specific and shitty contractors who fuck you over make you a building that when you light a couple of floors on fire it just fucking falls apart a couple of, yeah. a couple of, I did see huge planes that fly big, into those uh, buildings so well no I, the I other that one happened. that's Tower 7 I know Silly bitch. Yeah. That's the big argument. Tower 7 is the only building that never fell. I used like to that. work right near there. Plan. I used to work right a couple blocks away. I'm it's really place. sad. There's a lot of people that live in that area, too, that uh, stayed after the impact, and they were inhaling chemicals, terrible, yeah. toxic chemicals on a daily basis. Like mm-hmm. Donna Summers, man. Donna Summers died of lung cancer. No. Yes. And she lived in that area. Wow. Yeah, she lived right near the um, the, the towers. Yeah, the lot, And a lot of she died of lung cancer. She didn't even smoke. Yeah, it happened. It happened to a lot of people. It's not a small thing. Yeah. I mean, that the impact of that thing. A lot is, of firemen uh, have yes. that lung disease. Where your Cops too. EMT to workers, yeah. all first first responders. Yeah. A lot of those guys got really, really, really sick. Yeah, that's something that doesn't get taken into consideration when you talk about the death toll of those things. But that is a really worthy thing to think about, as opposed to the idea that. The government engineered it, and there was this conspiracy. These guys didn't even know how to fly, and some of the high, the, hitchhi- the, the hitchhikers, hijackers are still alive. They're in Saudi Arabia. Like, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know but what there's a, But there's been, I mean, like I said, there's been so much good journalism. I mean, good investigative and exhaustive journalism that 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 will tell you the story. There's I so mean, many different stories, though. That's part of the problem. It's complicated. Like, people don't have the time for these complicated stories. Read they, the they read here's read what I, Here's yeah. one point that I, I bring up whenever people talk about conspiracy theories. I say, do you believe in 9-11? And when they say they do, and I say, well, then you believe in conspiracy theories. Because people conspired, they mm-hmm. pulled that off, 
and they did it. Sure. And there was a real conspiracy. Yeah, and absolutely. that shit is real. And it does happen. Absolutely. Just like a lot of other conspiracies that happened throughout time that were absolutely proven to be real events. That's a good point. There's a lot of them. There's not just one or two. I believe in a conspiracy a theory that, I, that, I, that I, you know, from all the evidence that I've read and that seems credible that a group of d- dedicated fanatics under the banner of fundamentalist Islam got together, got financed, and pulled off this pretty amazing feat. Which was very difficult. See, to I wouldn't say that I believe that entirely um, without without any pause because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about flying a plane. Okay, I don't know anything about being able to do the maneuvers that those people have done. But I've seen these specials where they break down whether or not a plane would actually be able to hit the Pentagon like it did and take the path that it did, and that the people can't reproduce that mm-hmm. in the simulator. And that they have been able to control planes by the use of uh, drone technology. They've been able to do that since the 1960s. In fact, that was part of the Northwoods document. Part of the Northwoods document was exploding a fake plane and pretending it was filled with people. They were going to take a drone plane and fly it up and blow it up. But we know this was a commercial airline. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's still a plane, and we know that you can control a plane. We could control a jet with drone technology as far back as the 1960s. So whether or not that was a part of what got maybe these guys took over the, they had to take over the cockpit to allow that to take place. Like we don't know they're dead, but the, the maneuvers that those jets did, it could have easily been something like someone had hijacked and hacked into the system and figured out how to turn the, the jet into a drone. Those maneuvers really weren't that difficult. I talked to a lot of pilots. I'm a flown a little, the one that went into the Pentagon. Time. Yeah. Really? Uh, people talk about it being this like, you know, death spiral that they had to do. But if you look at it on the map, it's really just a, a very slow descending 360 loop. But it's, it at an incredible speed, right? By a guy who wasn't an experienced pilot and had no experience yeah, flying those kind of jets. Yeah, that's just the speed that the planes fly at. It doesn't actually make any difference to the maneuvering because it's, it's, all, it's all relative. Well, Occam's razor, Occam's razor, two things. One, you're certainly right. Um, the more likely scenario is that they pulled off these incredible maneuvers, these incredible banks they into the... They more likely. They weren't. They, well, they, for these people who didn't know how to fly. No, for a guy like me, it's they, 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 they went to school for they it. They went to school, and we, all, yeah. we, have, we, have, we have FBI. Uh, one of the biggest things, the FBI never shared that information with the CIA for a whole bunch of reasons, mainly because they, they in some ways, weren't even allowed to, uh, because there's always been a firewall between FBI, be- between spying on domestic and, and, inter- and, mm-hmm. and international, and there's actually laws involved. But one of the things that we know for sure is that these people in the CIA knew that, I mean, the FBI knew this, and we have documents about this. We knew these people were studying we we're at we're at flight simulation schools. We know that. So you know they had the commercial licenses. Like the, guy, the guy flew into the Pentagon had a commercial. No, this is very hard to get. Right. And my it's point, not something you just get from like you know flying Microsoft Flight Simulator for a few hours. It's something right. you have to do hours and hours and hours of uh, practice. I totally understand. I totally understand. And uh, like I said, most likely that's what happened. But there, I also leave open the possibility that they had an insurance policy and they didn't allow these guys to decide whether or not they wanted to fly right into a fucking building and smash into it. I don't know. That's not Occam's Razor, though. No, you're, no, it's you're, not. You're no, Occam's Razor. I said other, was the first right, part. Okay. Uh, yeah. The first. I agree with you. Good. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't have a. I don't have a dog in this race. Right. What right. I'm saying is that I do know that there was some sort of technology that allowed them to use drone technology to control jets yeah. as recent as far back as 1960s. Mm. That, not saying that that's what happened, but saying that what you saw could be replicated with drones. I think the technology is right. there. 
but any amateur pilot could probably have pulled off what they were doing. It really wasn't that hard. It's not that hard. Certainly to fly into the buildings wasn't that hard. Yeah, my father but said that. My father's well, been a pilot for 20 years, and he said that's very easy to do. Steering a plane is yeah. pretty much easier than steering a car. Yeah, just really easy to do. Well, why don't they release the videos of the Pentagon being hit by the plane? There is a question, ladies and gentlemen. That why why is that, mean. by the way? Why don't we have video of those planes flying into the Pentagon? We do have that one from the uh, the parking garage where you can see it for a few few frames. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it comes in. It, it looks more be- like a missile to me, Miss Quest. I, I would just... Uh, I don't see any reason why there would be like you know that many video cameras pointing at that parking lot at the side. Well, that's not the case the- though. There are there are videos. There certainly are videos. Are, vi- are video cameras and video cameras where their their videos were taken. Right? It was like they they had shown that there had been more than one video of this. This was the only one. Well, they a lot had of the video released. cameras were apparently pointing. Within yeah. the, inside, sort of where, where it matters. Security mattered. cameras. They're yeah, not like cameras. cameras pointing out, looking for planes coming in. But I thought there was more than one. I thought that um, I'm pretty sure. There was a gas station, say this. supposedly. Yeah, or something, like, something that. like that. Like a gas station or something nearby yeah. where they had a video of it and they gave it to the FBI. And the FBI just took it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the other thing is, like, why why put it out there? I mean, if you if you were the FBI, let's say, or the whoever the fuck is in charge with this, right? You're going door to door and finding out who's got security cam videos. Would you want those videos to go on the internet? We've already got these giant yeah. towers that fell. It's already video embarrassing enough. This video, would, yeah. would you just sweep the thing up that shows the hit of the Pentagon? Because you know how many times they're going to show that? Yeah. They're going to show the main point war too. building getting hit by a jet. Allah Akbar! Allah Akbar! All their that's videos true. are going to start with that. The jet hitting the Pentagon. We're coming back for you. Boom. You know, yeah. that's an iconic building. Yeah. And like if you did have a video of it blowing up. Well, like, I guess they didn't have it. Uh, supposedly it didn't record the, anything. Yeah, that's what I would say too. Yeah. It's kind of well, the same I mean, they idea. Ha- they released of, it. Of, the, I was always surprised that they never really brought Bin Laden's body back. I know they didn't want to have a shrine for people to come to, so they. I don't buy that. <laughs> I don't buy that one. I don't buy the Bin Laden one. I think that dude had been dead for a long time. Wow. I think they probably jacked some guy who looked like him and said, "Let's just take that frozen Bin Laden sickle out and toss it in the ocean." <laughs> <That> bin Laden sickle. <laughs> and say we got this bitch. Let's. <laughs> Obama's like, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with you. You're going to work with me. You're going to get me in the office. I'm going to look like a hero. This is what I need. I need that Bin Laden sickle. They had that break glass in case of publicity. They had that with a Bin Laden sickle just sitting in there. They had to wait for a moment. I met a guy who was on the raid. I met a a SEAL Team 6. Yeah, I bet he told you this while he's fucking you in the ass. And then, let me tell you something, Brian. When I kick that door open, I'm going to come grab my balls. Oh, Oh, this is weird. Listen, man, I killed Bin Laden, bro. Where's the end of the story? Turns out your boy wasn't even a SEAL Team member. Crazy gay guy that likes to guy. fuck actors. <laughs> he just likes to hold actors down and make I'm stories. I'm straight. I took it up the ass so I wanted I just, to hear the end. I did it for my country. Damn it. I did it for Pat Tillman. He needs to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> See um, so that's the big one that people will bring up back to the conspiracy theory is the Tower 7. Yeah, I, I actually like to bring one. that one up because people like, well, yeah. so did you know that three buildings fell on 9-11? And they make out like this big thing that's being covered up. It's covered it's this, up. This it's totally covered up. It's not even on the internet. Oh, wait. It's, I think it's best if you're actually talking with a 9-11 truther, I want to go straight to Building 7 and talk about that. Oh, go right from the get-go? Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's <clears> the thing that they think is the real <sighs> biggest bit of evidence. Well, it certainly looks like a controlled demolition, like you admit. I can never... Fi- I Headlines I of, of conspiracy guys. theory. <laughs> Mick West admits yeah. 9-11 looks like a controlled demolition. 
That is, a, I mean, they can yeah. use that as a quote. That, that is what That what is happens. a quote. It does look like a controlled demolition. Yeah, there's this yeah. D- Dutch uh, demolition expert, and there's yes, this famous video of him where, uh, saying, oh, yeah, that looks like a controlled demolition. Then he goes into like how they might have done it. But the thing they don't show is that like 10 minutes earlier, he's looking at the towers falling and saying, oh, there's no way that could have been a controlled demolition. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Same guy, same interview. Oh, and they didn't. They oh, that's they very Michael Moore bits, of them. They do show. Yeah, that's very Michael Moore yeah, of them. Yeah. You can't do that, right? No. You got to show both sides. Because then you're just selling entertainment. And you're not well, I don't mind that, but you got to let me know. Yeah. You know, like have a, like a disclaimer. Say, listen, there's some arguments against this, but fuck them. It's not their movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, but then that is, like, that's then don't call it a documentary. Then it's a movie, not a documentary. Yeah. I, I would do that, and I would have. Yeah. I would. I'd play the whole movie, and then I would use the trailer <laughs> and the, tra- the at the end. The trailer's all me getting owned. <laughs> I get tricked you. I did. I gave a movie Fooled where I pretended you. I had a point, right. and I uncovered some secrets. But it really, I left out all the arguments against my stupid theories. <laughs> At the end of it, I just got owned, and I didn't play that until the very end. <laughs> I'd watch it. Um, people get mad at you. Yeah. People think that you're a government agent. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've had uh, more than one person tell me to look out. Mick West is a government agent. Mm. Are you a government agent? Mick Do I look West? like a government agent? I don't know. See, that's, you can't say that because yeah. now that's, first of all, why didn't he just say no? Oh, yeah. Ask me, Brian Callen, ask me. Joe Rogan, are you a government agent? No. Wow. Duh. Mick? Yes, I am. No, I'm not. But I think, like. Well, you're so fucking contradictory. <laughs> I believe you last and last every moment. I'm saying now. I yeah. think it's actually like a useful, a useful exercise for people to assume that I am a government agent. Mm. Well, that and makes. Then, that and then makes... see what, what have I said that's wrong? Ooh, that's cool. We are both actually in the Illuminati, by the way. You're in the Illuminati too? <laughs> Bitch, you didn't tell me. Why wouldn't you tell me? Come what on, is tell, because I tell they you give you a cool is vodka it, is, and headphones. Is there awesome. a conspiracy theory or is there something for uh, both of you? Because I know you've been doing this show now. Is there something that kind of that you had trouble explaining where you just kind of went, well, that is pretty amazing, you know? Uh, nothing that springs to mind, but mm-hmm. the thing is that there are like, yeah, real conspiracies out there. Mm. That's his point. Is what I like about Mick is that he is skeptical, but he also is realistic about what has and hasn't taken place. It's not like you're trying to debunk everything that could, that's a conspiracy, and that becomes a problem because of that word. That word conspiracy mm-hmm. is a weird word. Like even though there are people that conspire to do things, you know, even though you know did. Oswald kill JFK. I don't know. I don't know if Oswald killed JFK, but I know that there was someone who conspired to kill JFK and got away with it. And I know there was a lot of a lot of things that happened. There's a lot of people involved. You know, whether it was the whoever the Cubans or whoever hired Oswald or whether it was other people that were in the grassy knoll, which is still a distinct possibility. Mm-hmm. Still a distinct possibility. There's just not enough evidence. Mm-hmm. And the the fuckery involved in the JFK assassination is at an all time high. Just the fact that they concluded that a third bullet ha- or that this bullet had they, had they had found a chipped curbstone underneath the overpass and because of that they had to attribute all these different wounds to one bullet that's where the magic bullet theory came from uh. much more realistic possibilities that it was hit by more than one bullet sure much more realistic sure. not only that much more realistic to think that they really did hire this mob guy to fucking sneak past all these cops and shoot oswald before he could talk which they did it's not like this mob guy was this guy who's like you know i'm fucking pro-america and this fucking cocksucker's not gonna kill my president and he ran up on him and with a Cops there, knowing his life is on the line. Yeah. 
please. I think that, that guy got talked into it. They oh, he owed money. He owed something. When you look at the Jack yeah. Ruby story, that's a guy who is a crook his whole life, whole life, involved in organized crime his whole life, complete degenerate scumbag, club owner, deep in bed with the mob, probably had a gambling problem. Please, yeah, that's interesting. There's a cons- there's a conspiracy there. There's no doubt about it. The Badger Bullet thing, though, I think that's one of the things that has become accepted in the conspiracy culture as being just... It's an article of faith that it was impossible for the, the magic bullet to have happened. It's also an article of faith that it was possible when you consider the fact that it showed up on the gurney, on Connolly's gurney in the hospital. Oh, look, we yeah. found the bullet in almost pristine condition. But well, the, we are totally trustworthy type people, so buy it, please. But the magic bullet has been replicated a couple of times. With the I haven't using, seen that, really. Where yeah. was it? Where's that? Yeah, I think it was a Discovery Channel thing. Or oh, no, 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 no. Like they didn't replicate it. I know what you're talking about. They only replicated it when it didn't hit bone. They did replicate it, but when it hit bone, every time they hit bone, it became contorted and distorted. But they did it through gel. They did it through a bunch of different things that mimic human tissue. It's it's very difficult to get exactly what happened, but they got something that was close enough that it seemed plausible. Oh, I disagree. I disagree on that one because I've seen that special. I know exactly. I know the guy who, I think I know the guy who's involved in that. Was it, there wasn't a Jesse Ventura one. He was, was it a Mythbusters one? Yes. Todd, the guy who produced my show. Uh, also uh, did some work on Mythbusters. I have to ask him what what the exact specifics were. I think I'm I pretty sure. A of them. Yeah, no, I mean now I'm thinking it's not even a Mythbusters one, but they, yeah. they had a jelly thing with like bone in it, and when it hit the bone, it would get fucked up, mm. more fucked up than that bullet. I mean, that bullet was in pretty amazing shape. It's yeah. even if it did. Let's say that obviously I wasn't there. I don't know whether or not the magic bullet really took the trajectory that it's being attributed to, but let's say if it did. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing that the bullet came out like that. Doesn't mean that it's not possible, but it's amazing. It's amazing that it went through two people, caused all that damage, left fragments inside their bodies that they had to remove. I mean, pretty incredible when you look at what it looks like. So, if, is it impossible? Of course, I would never say that. I don't know. But I think looks, the biggest thing is Jack Ruby actually running in and shooting. There's no reason that that, that was very interesting to me. It's fascinating. Fascinating yeah. Oswald. So obviously, they wanted Oswald quiet. Jack well, Ruby didn't do that because he felt bad for Jackie. There's <laughs> more than enough um, evidence to indicate that there was more than one person involved. Yeah. It wasn't just uh, just him. Just by the paper trail. Sure. I mean, the fact that the guy the guy He'd lived to in, the yeah, in the Soviet Union. I mean, he he had a Russian wife and brought her back with him. I mean, this guy was like a he was involved in some really weird shit. And just that alone, like if, if Oswald was the shooter and it was just Oswald, man, there had to be a lot of other people involved in this. This is not something that he have decided to, to do Dallas? on his own one day. Have you been to Dallas yes. and seen that? It, I couldn't believe how steep that trajectory was. He shot right down on him. Yeah. Which I thought it's he ridiculous. shot. Yeah. He didn't do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? He fucking shot that guy for the grassy knoll. Overall, Crazy. do you think he, he did it? Like, or, I, I would probably like, yeah, err on the side of him doing it. Uh, I think there's lots of unanswered questions. And yeah, there's, there's like hundreds and hundreds of books being written from mm. both perspectives on it. I don't think it's a question we're ever really going to answer. And it's, it's a really hard one to debunk because you can't do it satisfactorily. Right. It, even things like the magic bullet, it's really, really hard to actually you know, prove that that would have happened. You can prove that something like that might have happened, but you know, it's maybe kind of unlikely and it was just a lucky shot. And there's things like uh, the back into the left thing, where uh-huh. his head goes back to the left, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you know I, we've had long debates about that on on the forum, and uh, uh, it's just a very hard thing to convince people that that might have been like you know the bullet hitting from behind and his head goes back, 
because like you know, bullets don't actually impart that much velocity into people's heads when they get shot in the head. Mm. But people, you know, they have this, th- these articles of faith that because his head went back into the left, then it must have been shot from the front, so there must have been another gunman. Well, you know what? Um, I actually kind of disagree that it goes back into the left initially. I think the initial spray actually comes forward, which is virtually impossible if you're getting shot from the front. And uh, yeah. I think there there is something that the people need to consider. I think he was shot from all over the place. Wait, but I but think the hole yeah. in the trach that they made a trach hole in his neck. I think that's an impact wound. I think it's been pretty. It, there's, it's been pretty well argued based on the difference between the autopsy report in um, in Dallas and then the autopsy report in Bethesda, Maryland, that they were looking at two totally different things. They were describing wounds in a different way. And there's it's been it's been widely reported that they had generals standing over the hospital bed directing doctors on how to report this stuff. If that's true, and if there really were military people that are allowed inside the operating room when the president's body was brought in, and they really did define where the wounds came from, who knows what the motive would have been in 1963 in a mad scramble when the president's been murdered. Who knows how much shitty thinking is involved, how much of it is a personality conflict between a general and a doctor who doesn't want him in the room. Who knows what the fuck is going on? Who knows? But... If I was going to shoot the president, I wouldn't count on one guy to pull it off. Right. Why would you do that? If you can get one Lee Harvey Oswald asshole, you can get five more dudes to sit in a grassy knoll and fucking peck this guy off as he's driving towards you. You're not going to just shoot. You're not going to. If there's a grand conspiracy to kill the president, which most likely there was. I just don't see Oswald being like, I'm going to you know, do this on my own. I don't need any help. Although assassins have always in a lot of times been – People who were on the fringe of some kind of movement, or yeah, I think sure. uh, you know, and, and but they were generally and essentially loners. I think for the most part, you know, guys who had always had trouble fitting in, you know, and were trying to look to be significant, and were loosely attached to several different organizations or one organization, whether it was a and, and usually a general. Movement. Well, how many of them have there been that you can make such a rash generalization? I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about Booth. I'm thinking about the guy who, John Hinckley, John well, trying I'm to kill actually more specifically Reagan. of uh, the guy. Who shot, who shot the Archduke Ferdinand and his wife at the beginning of World War? Uh, the, the sort of sparked World War One. I'm thinking about the guy who assassinated uh, Lincoln. The, the, these guys were were one was a Serbian terrorist. The lone nuts. Uh, How do we know that all those weren't conspiracies too? That someone was behind the th- scenes manipulating. Well, a lot of manipulating Brian Callen even back then. When you're part of a group that has a stated mission and goal, which is what uh, I can't remember the guy's name who killed. But look at Sirhan Sirhan who shot. Uh, you know. Bobby Kennedy, the guy who tried to assassinate the Pope. These people uh, were generally, you know, loners. We did Fear Factor in that kitchen. Did you? Yeah, it's creepy. Walked right through that bitch. So how is this not like a part of history? That's in L.A., right? It's not even there anymore. I'm pretty sure they tore it down. It was like a landmark. Yeah. It was a hotel, and they were using it for um, for filming. There would mm. people would do like B horror movies there. And I shit. think I shot there actually. You shot film there. Is yes, what you mean. I mean Jesus shot Christ, film. Brian. <laughs> shot, I'm an actor. I don't know if you guys know that. Yes, yeah, shot. Jesus know. Christ. Sorry. We were just talking about assassins, <laughs> and you basically named yourself. Damn it! We <laughs> were talking about what a, a loner you are, and <sighs> so embarrassing. You, how you go against the grain. <laughs> You, you make impulsive decisions Dude, like I'm shooting the president. Dude, I'm more of a contrarian. I'm a contrarian. I'm Leo. I think JFK, though, is one of those conspiracies theories that you can never really debunk. I love that it's, you're willing to admit that. It's it's like you know everything so far in the yeah. past. The evidence has been gone over with a fine-tooth comb, and there's still all these like – Case you know, closed. I hate those guys. Yeah, Shut up. On both sides, you yes. get people who say it's definitive one way or the other. But then there's just so much uh, like that's unknown about it that you're never going to be able to, to – 
you know, close it. But there are there are conspiracy theories that you can prove that aren't going on, like the chemtrail thing. Right. And there are aspects of the the broader theories, like like JFK and nine eleven, that you can address. You can address individual points of evidence. But I don't think you're ever really going to be able to debunk nine eleven. It's just it's going to go on forever, basically. People are, there's always going to be some people who are going to think that there was an inside job. Hitler burned a Reichstag. Nero burned Rome. Of course, you know all these things. You're a student of history. Being a disinformation agent from another country, they probably taught you about America uh-huh. and our history of this great land before you came over here. You sound like man cow. No, 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 no. He's more Chicago based. Wow, I did his... I did his uh, Is he still around? Well, he's show. sort of like he's putting on an act. He's, uh, he puts on an act a bit. Like, we had an argument, really a fake argument, about Carlos Mencia. He was wearing a, his sunglasses at 7 in the, in the morning. I was like, this isn't going to go well. He was running back. And, I, I don't know. I, I Those guys that wear sunglasses in studio are problematic. Oh, my God. What are you, what are he you was doing acting now? like a rock star. Like, he was doing something, like, ride, like flying a spaceship. I was like, bro, relax. You're just... You're doing you know a what? radio show. I'm feeling good about this look. Oh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Put it on the Joe back Rogan's of your neck. Famous man, Calvin. You know what? This is how you know. This is how you know you're slipping when you take pictures like this. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony Bourdain. I love you. That's when you know you're slipping. Anthony Bourdain's picture, the CNN pictures like this. I love that guy. You really can't. Yeah, no. He gets away with it. Oh, he does. He gets a free pass on everything oh, he does. God. He's my boyfriend. He's awesome. I love that guy. Yeah, you do. You, you're actually you got a man crush on Bourdain. He's a great guy. Yeah. I, he's one of the few people that I, I, was, I was giddy about getting to eat dinner with. That's I've had dinner with him and drinks, and really? got lit up, got lit up I'd in Montreal to together. Oh, he's a beautiful person, man. We talked till like fucking three o'clock in the morning until they kicked us out of the he bar. He just knows so much. He's just, just a great guy. Yeah. He's just a great, interesting guy that sees the world and didn't become famous till he was older in life. So he's very appreciative of it and very mm. balanced. And he's all about like putting in the work. Yeah. He's all about like just living the life and just like, uh, reporting well, the it. Guy we shot we did mediator with it was one of his cameramen yeah 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 yeah. was talking about yeah boy you want if you want to have a fucking cushy gig as a cameraman with a cool gig rather yeah bourdain and then mediator two totally different things one of them you're staying in four stars hotels the other one you're in a fucking bag of cloth it's sixteen thousand degrees below zero you're trying to kill a buffalo with a spear (laughs) (laughs) this show meat eater is it's my one of my i'd have to say it's my favorite show it's a show i look forward to the most especially after uh brian and i we went hunting on it yeah this guy he goes hunting because like does fair chase hunts goes out in the middle of like you know he goes to alaska like this week was alaska he was hunting bears that were searching for blueberries in the high altitude did you did you get um uh, did you get your gear yet? Yes. I haven't. I haven't. I've get, been slacking. Get your shit, bitch. Ryan get Callen. Ready. We're Callen, going again. Ryan Callan, I got to come. Callan, I got to call you. He How about you email him? Don't use the podcast, you fuck. <laughs> oh, what other um, What other um, conspiracies are like big ones that you get asked to, to debunk all the time? Uh, well, you know, people bring up things like UFOs. What about Elvis? Yeah. Uh, Elvis the- is bullshit? Is, is <laughs> well, he alive? He just decided enough was enough, man. Didn't want the life. There's the Michael Hastings thing. Ah, the Michael Hastings yeah. thing. And this is where you're going to show what a what a government shill you really are. Yeah. You're going to tell me that Did Michael they? Hastings' car wasn't yeah. rigged to explode and, and fly into that tree at 100 miles an hour? I guess it looks exactly like he was just driving like a crazy guy and he hit a tree. It hit a bump in the road. That never lost happens. Control. Maybe that- the government used their mind control. <laughs> 
Hey, Jared. Everyone's looking for a drone. It's not a drone. They don't turn your car into a drone. That technology is not available yet. But they can Manchurian candidate you. They can get inside your mind and convince you that for the greater good of mankind and the cause that you're involved in, driving to a fucking truck. They release it. Joe, guys. I found the photos when actually we were fi- – I was went to set with you on Fear Factor the day that we went to that hotel. And I found uh, the photos that I took of oh, the kitchen before wow. it was torn down. Old school. Old school stuff. So he was uh, shot in that kitchen? Yeah. Wow. That's creepy shit. Yeah. And 17 different gunshots rang out in three seconds. You tell me how that's possible with one shooter. Mick West, go ahead. Your turn. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Sirhan Sirhan was a Buddhist. Who killed uh, Biggie? He ate flowers. Or Tupac. Do you even follow those kind of things? Nah, or not really. You don't debunk Biggie and Tupac because they're black? Is that what you're saying? So you're racist nah, conspiracy? Nah, so Wait a minute. You go all the way to back to JFK. It's before your time. <laughs> JFK's not before your time, but Biggie is. Uh, How dare you? Yeah. You fucked up, up right there. You just... fucked up. People don't bring up Biggie. You are hanging out with white people. Oh, you're well. hanging out with white people in Venice that speak with English accents and go to art galleries. You don't know what the theorist. fuck you're talking about. Conspiracy theories. They're generally white. Well, that's one of the things you said on a show. What do you get... What do you find when you're looking for a Sasquatch? I'll tell you, we don't find black people. <laughs> There's no black people, man. There's not one. No we were that. me and Duncan formed a group while we were out squatching called Unfuckable White Dudes, and it was <laughs> me and him and those two dudes, and we were uh, we were out there steady squatching. That was our band, steady UFD Unfuckable yo. White Dudes. What yes. about what about UFOs? That, that's actually another thing you can't really debunk because a lot of them are just unidentified flying objects. They're yeah. like lights in the sky, and you don't know what uh, what they actually. Do we are. have any pictures? Well, that's that are what really, you say. Uh, do we have any pictures that are really, really convincing? No, All of them. No, we don't. Like, Brian, bullshit. Listen, this guy's a, a shill. He's a shill. <laughs> the information. Look at that, fa- that drawing. Okay, look at this uh, statue that I have of that's an a alien. real alien. Dude. Tell me if you look at that in your heart and your soul, you know that that to be a real alien. I think that might be a real. alien. It's an archetype. The thing is, there's almost like less UFO pictures coming out now than there were back in the uh, late 50s and people 60s. People are scared to speak their mind because of ridicule, okay? Because people like him, what they've done is they've they've made it seem like you're a silly person yeah. if you send in your photos you're of UFOs. You're turning on Mick. You're turning on Mick. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, so this show needs some balance. Oh, you need, you're trying to create controversy and conflict. Basically, what I'm telling you, Brian Callen, is that aliens are real. Roswell happened... I understand. Stop trying to deny it. I just need some proof, sir. There's no proof necessary. I need all you video. need to know is that the, the sky is huge. That's true. That's yeah. all you need By to know. By the way, that is something I never really think about, just how vast the universe is. It's oh, someone's high. Listen, listen, someone's high. I never really think about how big the universe is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> why, did, why do they always look like that? I, Do you know the story? That comes from the 50s, doesn't Duncan it? Trussell told me this story. He said that when you are being born, okay, people assume that when you're being born, you have no memory of uh, your, your, your childhood. Mm. But why would we assume that? Just because you don't have a context to put that memory into, just because one of the most traumatic moments of that young brain's life will be getting yanked out of its warm, incredible environment of love with its mommy and then taken into some bright clinical place where a man is hovering over you with complete control. You can't move your body. You're being lifted up and carried to this tray and dropped down. You're looking down at this guy who's got this white mask on and these black eyes and the archetype of this man's face when your eyeballs have never even adjusted to uh, being able to see reality. I mean, you're not looking, you're not popping out of a fucking a, a vagina filled with liquids and blood and then seeing crystal clear, right? My eyes are blurry when I get out of the fucking shower, right? When you get out of the pool, if you've been swimming in a 
public pool, mm-hmm. your eyes turn red. Do you imagine what your eyes must look like being in gallons of vagina fluid yeah, for nine you're months? You're basically blind. They're closed. Though. Yeah. Baby's eyes are but closed they open right up. Now. They're in the water. There's a lot of shit going on. You don't know. You don't know if they're opening their you eyes. You don't know, man. They get shot out. Blood and then the pressure of that pussy squeezing on your head. All that's going to fuck with your Please vision. Don't say pussy. It's a pussy if it's. It's a pussy if you're going to have sex with it. And if you didn't have sex with it, she wouldn't coming, have a baby. If you're coming out of it, it's a vagina. Once you have sex with it, it's a pussy. It's not bad that it's a pussy. It's a pussy. It's a pussy. It's not bad. If it's your daughter, it's a vagina. Yeah. But if it's your wife, even after she's had a baby, it's a pussy. Right. The baby came out of the pussy. The baby's staring at this alien. And that, that image is somehow shocked. The image, the memory of the right. clinical experience. And it really does kind of make sense that these ideas that people have of this hypnotic regression, bringing up this, this alien abduction experience that completely have squashed. Well, what, is, what would be a traumatic moment that you really did squash? How about your birth? Your fucking birth, getting shot into the light, this impossible light that you never could have imagined in the nine months you've been alive and the X amount of time you've actually been thinking about things. I think there'd be a lot more uh, aliens wearing masks if uh, that was the case. I don't think there's a real clear image that you're able to see. Well, now you... I think uh, that's why the uh, the eyes are dark and the rest of the features are sort of non-existent. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just somebody's imagination. But that's just an artist's image. The the actual... the, the, The reoccurring image is actually... the. The eyes, the the variation in the face. Oh, so when other people describe it being abducted by aliens, they all describe kind of a similar. It's a very similar archetype, mm. and the question is: is is that archetype because of culture? Because like you know, like people see Bigfoot, right. and the idea is that that's what they're looking for, is because yeah. that's what everybody's told them to go look for. Like flying saucers, mm-hmm. that's one. Where the uh, the guy who first reported flying saucers was a fighter pilot, and he reported these things skipping across the sky. And said that there were like saucers on a lake, mm-hmm. like someone skipping a saucer. Oh. And that, but that he didn't mean even saucer shaped. They were actually a boomerang shape. That what he was saying that he saw. Yeah. Sounds like he fell. Asleep. But everybody after that started seeing saucers. Yeah. Right. They started seeing ah. actual discs. Why? Because that had been put the image heads. that put, had been put in their yeah. hands. I was going to say that's interesting. Y- y- you know, um, he may have been totally sleep deprived and completely hallucinating, or on meth, I mean, or whatever. Yeah, they were they giving were. pilots meth. Yeah, man. They they were, they were giving pilots meth for meth a long time. That's right. We we went over on the show recently how much meth was involved in the kamikaze pilots, how much meth was involved in the Nazis, keeping them awake. And it was people didn't even know it was bad for you then. Like there was people that doctors were prescribing say, meth, but doctors were taking uh, methamphetamine uh, in medical school. To yes, movie, so. so it's not outside the realm of possibility this guy really did see sure. discs flying through the sky. It's also not outside the realm of ability, realm of possibility this guy was tripping his fucking balls right. off right. on some government shit. No sleep. The er- earliest version of Provigil they had. Who right. knows what, what they're pumping into this fucking dude? I hear Provigil really it's works. It's amazing. It is? It's amazing. Explain to me. Do you know how? It's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a central nervous uh, stimulant, actually. It's something else. It keeps a part I of the I can't explain it because, I've, like, as I am not an architect, I'm right. also not a doctor. Right. And I would give you a fucked up explanation of what it is. But um, there's some people that swear by it. Yeah. Some weirdos, you know. I had a doctor to, to, who was a sleep specialist. I sat next to him by coincidence at dinner, and he said it's a, he was explaining how it worked, but he said it's not a stimulant the way caffeine would be a stimulant. It just keeps you awake for 14 hours, and you can function highly on it. Well, what's really interesting is it was first created as a performance-enhancing drug. 
mm. mental performance enhancing drug, but they couldn't market it that way because the government's like, no, you, you can't have a drug that just makes your brain work better. Like you have to have a reason. You have right. to this is be an ailment that you're treating. And so they said, okay, narcolepsy. Oh, wow. And so then they started prescribing it for narcolepsy or off-brand or however yeah. they say. What is it? Off-label? Off Off-label. Yeah, off-label use. So, so will Provigil kind of center your mind? You well, can... I'll tell – let Brian describe it because I gave one to Brian. He was about to fucking fall asleep once. He had two hours sleep and he was driving to San Diego. He's like, dude, I don't know how I'm, I'm going to do it. I go, take this. And I don't. I, I am very judicious with them. I only take them when I need, when I haven't had sleep, when I need energy for a long, sustained period of time. Like occasionally, if I'm feeling tired, I'll take a half of one before a UFC. And it doesn't give you any speediness to it. It's not like drinking Red Bull. It's not like anything. It just it, it gives you like less dips in your energy. It just turns you on. Like yeah. you, it just like that's not even a like tiredness or or just like like where oh, I just need to lay down for a bit or just like. Bleh, but it's all gone. As Tim Ferriss said, he doesn't believe in a biological free lunch. And it's, yeah. it's, it seems to have like a really positive benefit, which also makes me think like, well, okay, what, what, is there anything bad going on here because of this? Like, this seems like, seems like a pretty you powerful effect. You still need effect. sleep. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's very important. But also, um, I don't take it very often and, uh, I only take a half of one. I never go all in. I don't need it. I just need like a little bit, just a little bit is good. I don't want to feel like a, ooh, like an effect. But if you take a, a full one, you'll feel like a woo, like a little bit of a rush. And I know, um, that it's a, a big rumor among Silic- Silicon Valley startups that like all these guys are just pro-vigiled out of their mind and they have massive energy to complete projects. They're working 16 hours a day and they're all just fucking popping pro-vigil. And there's no bodies, you know? Yeah. And people are really worried about it, so much so that Tim Ferriss kept it from his book. I go, why'd you leave it out of your book? He goes, I don't want people just chewing on it like candy. I was like, wow, it's so effective that you were worried about your own responsibility, your Jeez. personal responsibility for intro- introducing it to people. Tim Ferriss is a good guy. Yeah. Well, I've heard of the same with the disastrous side effects for Adderall. And I have actually seen people that I've been friends with that have had problems with Adderall. Yes, Adderall's no joke. Adderall's awful. I mean, if you split it down to like little teeny pieces, it might be okay. But like, you take one Adderall pill, you feel like you're on cra- cocaine. Like, I feel like I get drips. Like, I'm having flashbacks from doing coke back because it's that same feeling. Your brain is tuning into that feeling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that Adderall thing though is a real issue with folks. Okay, here's a conspiracy. How about mm-hmm. that? What do you think about? Do you think that the government conspires with pharmaceutical companies to prescribe certain amounts of drugs so that they can profit off of it? I think there's uh, certainly like a big problem with like the regulation of drugs. Like there's this big revolving door of people in government in the regulatory agencies who uh, basically worked in industry, and then they go work in the government, and then there's the same people passing laws and regulations uh, for like drugs. the SEC with the financial industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're in bed they, together. That's they, the real conspiracy. Uh, the EPA and um, Monsanto. Did you ever see the? Um, um, there's a, a show on. I want to say it's current, but no, it's not. It's um, uh, Vanguard, the uh, OxyContin Express. Have you ever seen that uh, uh-huh. that special? It's it's available online. You can see it online. And uh, we've had the folks in that created it. I forget what network they were on. I'm sorry. Current? current? Was it current? Yeah. Um, and they showed the OxyContin problem in Florida and how easy it is to get pills and how crazy it is. They, they didn't have a database where you can go from one doctor to another and just mm-hmm. keep getting prescriptions. They have these pain management centers set up everywhere where you go, literally, they go, oh, my back hurts. The doctor writes some shit down. In the same building, they have a pharmacy that only sells pain pills. Mm. And these people are just yeah. cranked to the gills on OxyContins all day. 
Well, there's no there's no question that I think corporations will sometimes if they want to get something passed. I mean, the food industry, the, the, yeah. you know, will stack the deck with its scientists that they put on their payroll to suggest, for example, that the foods that they're producing, which are simple sugars, and you know, whether it's craft or something, and they want to sell soda, they want to sell. Uh, candy bars in school, well, they'll stack the deck and have scientists say 25% of your diet as a child can be simple sugars. We, we don't find anything unhealthy about that. They've been very active about that. If you read the China study, to, uh, Colin Campbell's book, who's a scientist, I mean, he's a vegan and stuff. I don't agree with that. But I like how you said that. Uh, yeah, but it's he's, he's a credible, <laughs> he's a credible scientist who, who the, the value of that book for me was just list reading about how they stack the deck, how they're very influential on the kinds of scientists that yeah. set standards. This is like a, it's kind of like a real conspiracy, but it doesn't have to be like you know a bunch of guys in a smoky room like deciding to do these things. It's just kind of a, a bunch of increments. They they push things in one direction or the other. And and it's based on you know you, you can look at it, the influence very clearly. It's like where's the money coming from? Yeah, it's just money. What are the, it's pure, I yeah. called it's you after economic. I read the book, and I remember I just had to talk to somebody. I go, I remember I called you and I said, I don't know how people can make a living this way. I could yeah. never pay my mortgage behaving that way. Well, you were talking to me about the. Uh, you called me up and you we were telling me about the richest county. Uh, the the county in Virginia, it's yeah, all lobbyists. Well, yeah, it's all lobbyists and lawyers. I mean, the, the, the Washington has become an economy of influence. So crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, by the way, I'm sorry to use that expression, but that's my trademark. Uh, hey, the, don't, the, don't, 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 don't trademark things. No, no. You get but, trouble. But, 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 but. The when you work on Capitol Hill now, and you're a congressman, and you're making 140 grand a year, or whatever it is, it is the that is the farm league for K Street, where all the lobbying firms are. Where you now you use your influence after being in government for six or eight years, mm -hmm. you now move to a lobbying firm just down the way on K Street, and now you're making five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year to use the influence and the contacts that you have made as a congressman to influence government. For the for the firm you're working for. Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem in America right now because I don't think you can really address any of the other problems until you take care of that. Well, I have a friend Campaign who's finance. actually working on a, a a possible option, and the option. Uh, instead of trying to attack campaign finance in its current form, offer another option, and that other option being the internet. And that the internet, you could have people that were funded by like crowdsource, Kickstarter style, and have people that are promoting certain ideas funded. And that being like doing it that way, you could have uh, it's a massive resource of human beings. We're talking about 300 million human beings, mm -hmm. which you really will have access to for the first time, as opposed to if you're trying to do it like in any other form. Like when Ross Perot came around, they decided to tighten the game up completely because he fucked up everything. That's the reason why Clinton became president in the first place because Ross Perot came around and threw a giant monkey wrench in the whole Republican side of things. And they said, we can't let that happen again. So the Commission for Presidential Debates, which is a privately funded institution, decided to change their standards of how many people have to like you before you're allowed to be in the debate. Like you have to have a giant percentage of the popular vote mm -hmm. to be able to get into the debate. Well, that's the rub is you can't get it until you can get into the debate. Right. So you can't get it and you can't get it. So go fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, this idea would be another option. Would that be you would the, the people that are they're hamstring because they don't have enough money. If someone was dedicating them, their time to creating like a real network of politicians who are sourced like entirely by the public and accountable for all the different things that they're saying that they're going to represent once they get in there. The thing the, I worry about that, the, the thing I have a problem, what worries me 
is that you're still then having congressmen spending 40, 50 percent of their time raising funds. And I would like the government to set a uh, – or someone to set a limit and, and, and dole out money to all candidates equally. Uh, oh, and, that's and horseshit. They they're not worth equal. Do you uh, think that no, equal that's, that's, other that people? Come on, man. Yeah. Do you think that like think of all the crackheads like Rick Santorum that ran for president? Do you think that motherfucker deserves equal money? Well, all no, these crazy I, I, people I that want to stop I mean gay that, marriage yeah, and yeah, crazy guess, people that think that the earth is less than 10,000 years old. Yeah, but then you get they those, get the money too. You get those people getting more money because uh, corporations like will side with people who uh, have their interests at heart. And it might be Rick Santorum. For maybe, yeah. and maybe I'm hoping that the no, general public will catch up to the idea that that's a good idea. Yeah, you're, you're right. But though, having that's a the, using the internet as a, a source yeah. like that is, yeah. to me, another option outside of the corporations that hasn't been addressed yet. We've got to change Popular. it, though. I think that is the... the, the yeah. For me, that is the biggest problem. And that's yeah. one of the things that I like, you know, when people ask me, like, you know, what are the real problems? I start out with campaign finance reform. Yes, yes that's huge. And then, you know, w- when you have all this crazy spying going on, but no real, f- I mean, where, what's the real danger? What's really going on? Where, where's the, the, the massive amount of terrorism that we're experiencing mm-hmm. in our country on a regular basis that we need to take over people's, people's privacy, that we need to be able to fish through everyone's email and get metadata on every phone call you make? Where's the fucking evidence that there's any need for all this stuff? I say there's very little, and I say it's one of those things. It's a natural progression. When a girl blows you, you want to stick it in her ass. It's just what happens. You want to see if you could do that, too. When a girl's willing to have sex with you, will she blow you? When a girl jerks you off, can we now have sex? It's yeah. just a, there's a normal thing. You steal $5 at work. Can I steal 20 yep. You know, you, you, you figure out a way to do things more, to get things more. And that applies to everything that human beings Absolutely. do. The history of government is that, that to, get, to gain more yeah. and more control. And if they've got the power to, to look into people's emails, they're like, well, let's just get all everyone's email that they ever do yeah. ever. It's that special. way we can always have them on any... And it's, it's, it's against... Everyone wants to say that, well, the Constitution should be a living document. It should change with the times. You know, there's, we have nuclear bombs now. There's a lot of real issues that people need to deal with they didn't have to deal with when the Constitution was written. But yes, but the Constitution, what's interesting about it is that it's a skeleton form of a government that people were trying to construct after the governance that they had seen had failed miserably. Because they were monarchies, so, they were oligarchies, right. they were dictators. So it was more, it was psychologically based as well. It understood the nature of man. That's right. And those, those, those fail-safes that were put in place, and when they were establishing the early government, when they were trying to separate church and state, what they were trying to do was make it so that you couldn't have cults of people with influence that just controlled vast parts of the world. Exactly. And it eventually happened, just like they thought it was going to. So well, did, the what, wisdom what, of the Constitution just in that form should be respected even if you don't right. want to, to you know you don't want to limit it to what was written in the constitution because now we have wireless internet and all this other crazy shit you still have to think they they saw corruption coming they were right ben franklin said that the legend goes as he came out after they formulated the constitution they said what if the woman said what have you done and he said well, we've created a republic madam if you can keep it Yeah, if you can keep it. It was always precarious, you know. When you write about conspiracy theories or break down conspiracy theories, um, do you feel an obligation to also expose people to shit that actually is legitimate, that does need concern? That I do to a small extent, but there's so many other people doing that out there that you know I can just kind of point them to other other sites like campaign finance reform. There's loads of things out there, so I don't really you know feel the need. I think like because I'm 
doing the, a very good job at debunking stuff. That's where I best I focus my efforts. Totally agree. I think you're doing a great job. But I also feel like you take an exorbitant amount of uh, negative energy. Then, like I've seen these debates that you get online with these people just on Twitter. Mm. When you jumped on Twitter, I watched you for days. I was coming in here to the office while we were filming the show, and I was like, "He is still going at it with these motherfuckers." And you never lost your patience. You were all these people were calling you a government shill. They were asking you how much you get paid yeah. by the government, and he just kept throwing up. Like you know, if someone asked a question, he would give a scientific explanation, throw up a link, and then they would just be like, "Ah, he's like this fuck." He, he unfl- <laughs> Brit. The unflappable British gentleman. And that's something people actually used against me. They said, I'm too unflappable. I yes. Said, I must be a government agent because I'm, I'm not saying fuck you, you to everybody. You can't win. You can't win. It's really important that we look at the truth, the real truth, not the truth that you want to see, but the actual real truth. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's a lot of complexities to this life. And there's complexities to the mind that we perceive this very life with. And that's a real issue that has to be managed. Like the Constitution was trying to manage the idea of the psychological nature of man in, in, a, in the form of making a government. You have to kind of manage your, your own mind in terms of how certain situations can be defended that don't necessarily make sense. You and I talk about this all the time. I mean, a lot of times you've got to face up to when you're lying. Yes. You know? Or lying you, even to yourself. That's what I mean. Like yes. You've got to face up to kind of like, oh, man, I've been kind of telling myself a story here and actually – my good friend over here has just told me that I got to take a look at that. That's what a real friend does, right? Where you go, oh, that's, I got to actually reassess some stuff. You know, I love uh, Michael Shermer's quote. If you've uh, read him, I'm, I'm, I'm doing myself a great disjustice, injustice by bringing up Michael Shermer right now because I'll be uh, a rape apologist. Because I don't know if you know about this. He was accused of uh, of doing something impropo- improper, meaning getting a girl drunk and having sex with her. Crazy that people are calling that. A uh, lot of people are calling that rape now. Gee, never done that. Uh, I don't know if that happened. I don't know what happened. Getting her drunk. So. My point is, I just needed to address that, yeah. uh, just to put it out there. But the the quote that is that he has is that a lot of people that are very smart believe dumb things because they can explain them and they can argue them very well. And so they think they're doing well and winning in the argument so that maybe their point makes sense, but it really becomes like a sort of circular ego argument. It sounds sounds good. They've got a good sounding argument. You you talk to Michael Murphy and uh, he's very eloquent. Yes, he used to be. He's a bit less eloquent now. It's but he, he, you know, he's very convincing. He's a very personable person, and he, you know, you can easily get sucked into things like that, and then you start repeating the same arguments yourself. Yes, and you're convincing yourself because if you're an eloquent person, you're eloquent to yourself. Well, it's also in being a smart person, and most of us are at least somewhat competitive. We we want to be right, Mm -hmm. and it's what you were talking about earlier about certain skeptics being aggressive, and they use skepticism as a game, tallying up a social score. Yeah, it becomes a a debate uh, in the old-fashioned sense of a debate where it's like one person has to argue this, the other person argues the opposite thing, and then they fight it out, and the best debater wins. It becomes about debating rather than about finding what is true and what is not true. Yeah, that is a a real problem with uh, being able to to put it all aside and actually look at what the fuck is really going on. A a lot of debunkers, they end up... uh, saying things that are wrong because they're too hasty to come up with an explanation for things. So they'll end up like, you know, just saying, you know, oh, that's, that's not, con- that's not uh, a chemtrail, that's uh, smoke from the planes. Just because that's the first thing that comes into their head. 
because right. they're, they're, they're debunkers and they think that if they can think of something, they've got that thing where you know, they think they are intelligent and they are somewhat intelligent, but people fool themselves as to how intelligent they actually are. So even the debunkers can get caught oh, in yeah. the web yeah, of see, their own deceit. It's very, it's very annoying from my perspective as well because I get people coming onto my site and then they try to debunk things, but they're, they, they say things that are wrong, it's scientifically wrong, and then you have to end up like correcting the debunkers as well. <sighs> Well, that, never ends. A lot of cunty debunkers. Can we agree? <laughs> there are a lot of cunty debunkers. There's quite a few, you know? Sure. It's I easy to that. be. It's easy to be when you're also frustrated with your own vision of the world. Mm-hmm. And then when someone comes along saying they have fucking documented proof the Loch Ness Monster is real. And you're like, the fuck you do, shithead? Right. You don't. It's hard. It's yeah. hard to say, what yeah. is it? Well, sir, what is this proof? Where, where have you got this proof stored? Right. May I measure it? <laughs> yeah, the, the standards, me. like the evidence you were asking for in the, the UFO thing last night, was, was yeah. a couple of days ago. It, it's, you know, they don't have evidence. They have like, eye, eyewitness tetanus testimony. They have like crappy photos. Mm-hmm. They have, there's like, no empirical audio. evidence. There's not, none yeah. of that sort of like, let's, let's see some measurable evidence. Well, yeah. let me tell you this. After Chemtrails, which was the number one most hate I got from anything I've ever done mm. online really? ever. So, yeah, so many wow. people thought it was a shill. And uh, number two is aliens. And the idea that I could debunk like this uh, one place, like, uh, and it wasn't even debunked this one place. This guy was just telling me some crazy shit, and I didn't buy it. It's really simple. When you're talking to me about bulletproof wolves and mist, and yeah. if, if I don't buy it, it doesn't mean I'm an asshole. Right. Okay, It means I'm trying to be real about this. Right. I think it's much more likely that there's intelligent life in the universe than it is that there isn't. I think it's much more likely. But I also think there's a lot of shit that people are seeing. Like we were talking about these orbs that people keep seeing in this area around um, this ranch, this Bigelow Ranch, which is in Utah, northern Utah. Well, there's it's potentially ball lightning. Like ball lightning is a very real phenomenon that's been measured, and it's really weird. Like it can stay around for several seconds sometimes, mm. and people see it darting around doing crazy shit. Mm. And if you didn't expect to see that, and all of a sudden you did see it, and you're trying to put it into context, and you're looking at something that's so fantastic but it's really just a phenomenon of nature you could convince yourself that you're looking at something that is being controlled by an alien life force and my problem is really simple i know people are full of shit so when i meet one that might be full of shit i go well he might be full of shit it's really that simple it's not like lying is something that doesn't exist it's not like a lot of people don't lie no the evidence is that a lot of people do Do just make up stories And when someone is, you know, just like the guy who's looking at the fucking people that he's about to shoot and sees a twitchy motherfucker that knows he's hopped up on adrenaline, you also, as a person, especially a person who's brutally honest with yourself, recognize very easy when someone has no emotional connection to the words that are coming out of their mouth. This is not a real incident that they're reciting. This is not a real thing that took place. This is a person that's telling me a stupid story that sucks, and it's insulting. It's insulting to me. That you think I'm so fucking dumb that this is the weak game you're playing on me. Just like some asshole coming up to the most beautiful woman in the world and trying to convince her that he's a prince. Right. All right? That, that shit is insulting. Right. You know? I've done it and gotten laid. Hey, the point what do you got to do? You got to no, do what I, you got to do. But you're right. But My you're point right. is it's insulting. Yeah. And it's a problem with the, the whole community of quote unquote believers. Mm-hmm. It's, the problem is not that there are, there's no way there's UFOs. It's impossible. The problem is most people tell shitty fucking stories that don't have any 
evidence behind them. They don't have anything. And it's interesting when they tell you these stories. And if it is real, wow, amazing that the aliens came and took you. And they look just like every other alien from Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of Third Kind on. And they took you in space. This is very common among people who take religion at literal value when you see people who interpret the bible literally and stuff like that sort of but no because these people are talking about personal experiences they're having personal experiences that way too when they have conversions or i'm reborn and i had i saw jesus you hear a lot of that right but you hear much more of people being abducted by aliens than you do of people having religious experiences and i think that goes right back to the whole flying saucer thing i think people are in their head thinking that they're going to be abducted by aliens and so when they are sleeping which is when all these fucking things take place they all take place in the middle of the night and they'll tell you no a lot of abductions take place during the day you know what else happens during the day sometimes naps yeah these people conk out at work and they think they lost time because you're fucking drooling on your shirt stupid you're not in a spaceship you're not special you're in a fucking cubicle and you're not the person that the people from Alpha Centauri have talked to and convinced that you're gonna be able to have the solution for saving the human race out of your fucking cubicle you're nodding off every day right it's that reaction you get when when you disbelieve somebody or you're just skeptical about them is that they think that you're being you're, that you're judging them. Yes, but really you're just I'm, being you know being th- somewhat scientific about it. No, that's you. I'm judging them. And, and they we're, we're doing very different things. You and I. They, they, they claim to be very open-minded, but really they're pretty much the opposite of open-minded because they will only believe their particular interpretation of results. And they think because their interpretation is different from everybody else's, that means that they are being open-minded. But yes, it, doesn't. it just means they're being right. very very narrow-minded outside. And incredibly butthurt if you call them on it. God damn it. No one's more butthurt than conspiracy theorists if you disagree with them. It gets emotional so goddamn fast. Out of all the things that I've disagreed with with people, whether it was uh, controversial issues like males changing transgender to female, getting into fighting, nothing got people more pissed off than the chemtrail thing. Yeah, that's amazing to me. Amazing. Amazing. In that sense, it kind of feels as though they're they're less concerned about chemtrails are just an excuse to garner around an issue that makes them feel like there's a fight to be had. They're only taking. It's real simple. They're lazy. They're only taking a few steps. Yeah. They're taking a few steps and looking at things, and then they're defending that position. Mm-hmm. They get into that position, and then they rock that position mm-hmm. hard. The really nutty, aggressive people that are going after people online. You fuck a government shit. Like, do you just, you just go and look at what the fuck you're talking about. Right. Doesn't mean the government didn't organize Northwoods. The government was the Joint Chiefs of Staff signed a document saying they were going to fucking bomb Guantanamo Bay. They were going to arm human friendlies and attack Guantanamo Bay. That's real. Didn't happen. But people do try to do shit. Mm-hmm. And when you pretend that something's happening that's not happening, you cheapen everything where there's really something going on. Or the burden of proof is on you to prove what you're saying. You, you can't just come out and say a bunch of stuff and not have any. Anything I yeah, can but you're talking logical. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the theorists, they also, they, they go into the things into a lot of breadth, but not depth. So once you de- debunk something, they don't actually, like, you know, try to come back on that thing. They just move on to the next thing. So you've got this, right. this long, long list of hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of pieces of evidences. Uh, but, oh, that's but, interesting. But any one you can go into any depth, you could actually prove absolutely that it's not true. Mm. But they, as soon as you start to get in there... They will just drop it and they'll move on to the next thing. Yeah, it becomes uh, it becomes a weird thing in your head. That's actually really interesting, though. That they you jump. want it to be real. Like this yeah. is this one guy who thinks that uh, UV radiation is really really high at the moment, and he has these these readings that he I've did seen with that. These, these crappy cheap meters that he had. 
This uh, is the chemtrail dude yeah, that yeah. you debated. There's yeah. a 70 minute transcription uh, of a 70 minute debate. It's really fascinating. You read the whole thing? Yes. Yeah, I read it all. Yeah. So he, he basically. I'm retarded. Love you for it. I got problems. He thinks that there's so much radiation coming down that it's actually the levels he is measuring is more than there actually is in space. Well, it was interesting. I need to watch the actual video because I could picture it taking place. Like when you would call him on things and he had literally no response to like the, the, you know, the, the differences that you guys had between you know, what, was, uh, what was actually happening with the sky and what was actually been proven. Like he's got no evidence. He yeah, was like just saw, saying these claims. He went from one thing to the next. Like yeah. He'll say, well, what about the gaps in contrails and explain what that is? Oh, what about these uh, things coming off the back of KC-10s? And I would explain what that is. And, and when you were talking about, about the UV radiation – that was when things got really weird. It was like it was, you were saying, like, where is the results? Like, where are the medical yeah. results of this changing, this dangerous change in the environment? Yeah, everybody would be dead if the, the levels were what you said. <laughs> I mean, it's like they were actually like 20 times normal UVB, which is what causes like skin cancer it and, was, and sunburn. It was just reading it, it was just like I could picture the People's pausing and the panic in the be- room. <laughs> It was so crazy. He deserves like, to be. He deserves to be. Of course. That, you know? but, but he was very, very eloquent and very well spoken when he when he debated it. Like Shermer he says, was extremely confident in his viewpoint. But it was this very narrow viewpoint, and he would just stick to his point, and he would keep going off in this long litanies where he would repeat his like twelve talking points. Wow. Yeah, it's real. It, That's it's, actually scary. That's almost a sociopath. Somebody doesn't is not even emotional about it, but rather just kind of yeah. like he, he was emotional though. He was he was yeah. very passionate. No, but it's not it. that, Brian. It's just it's complete conviction yeah, in their right. stupid idea it's confirmation bias to its extreme yeah. and complete conviction yeah. in a in an idea that and doesn't the make rejection any sense of of people like me like not just the reduction of you but a reduction of contradictory evidence period yeah but because i'm the i'm the only person who's actually giving them that contradictory evidence right and he's utterly convinced that You're i'm a, a government agent. yeah he's he's it done this long are you sure you're not a paid show are you do you get checks every week and I go get, where'd that nothing. come from huh <laughs> My wife complains about me spending money on my web hosting because it's uh, you know it's coming out of our budget. But, uh, <laughs> so you used to run like a computer game company? Is that what you? Yeah, were? yeah. NeverSoft. They did the Tony Hawk video games. You used and to run. You them? Sold that, and then you decided yeah. once you sold that, that you were just going to go into hibernation and yeah, just we debunk sold it, shit. Uh, and I, I stayed there for a few years, and then I just thought I'd go off and do other things, and ended up doing uh, debunking. I didn't leave to go debunking. That's just what I ended up doing. Wait, you used to own NeverSoft. That's what he says. Serious? Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Yeah. Tony Hawk. We I, we grew up with Tony Hawk and everything like that. It's one of my favorite. Was one of my favorite companies. See what this distraction that you created. Uh, created awesome. Cool. I would talk to you about NeverSoft all day. So you own you own that company and sold it. And then... I own a third of it. Oh. Wow, it's awesome. So when you decided to kick back and you know not work anymore after you sold it, how did you get started in this whole debunking thing? Did it, was it start with one issue? Yeah. Um, it started with uh, on Wikipedia. I was doing crap about biblical scientific foreknowledge, and that was just kind of me doing my <laughs> my naive uh, debunker guy, where I saw something that was wrong, so I started like typing a bunch of oh that's wrong, and I'm going issue to issue, uh, like point to point, and just like slapping them down. And then I moved on to Morgellons, which uh, you know you, you did. Yeah, we covered much more Morgellons in the uh, show than we got the chance to to put in because of the limitations that it was connected with Morgellon? the whole bio-apocalypse thing. Most likely, it's there's two things. Most likely, some people, they have uh, an issue where they're cutting their skin open and sticking things in there, and they're, 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 there are people that have that. Stigma. But there's also um, a bunch of people that have Lyme disease, 
and they think this hyperkeratinization might be occurring. Lyme disease, apparently, when a tick bites you, and this is the most recent thing from the Morgellons Conference that I went to in Austin mm-hmm. of this year. So what they call their studies, their science, uh, I don't know who's right or who's wrong. Is this stigmata? What is no, 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 no. The Morgellons is a disease where they get these fibers that are growing out of their skin. Um, what, what the doctors that have it claim is that it's, Lyme disease, and they all test positive for Lyme disease, apparently, and hyperkeratinization, which is uh, some sort of a side effect of something that comes along with the Lyme disease. And the idea is that the tick is not just carrying one pathogen. It's probably carrying several, and some of them even undiagnosed. So it pygmies, or uh, piggybacks, rather, along with Lyme disease. This is what the doctors that have it believe. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but those are the same guys who basically kind of invented it in the first place. That that one guy that you talked to, the kind of twitchy guy. Yes, uh, he, he invented it. He didn't invent it, but he was part of the Morgellons Research Foundation, which doesn't exist anymore. Which was an, an original group of people who kind of like promoted it and got it into the into the media uh, back about you know six or seven years ago, and got the CDC to investigate it. When really there isn't very much evidence to say that it, it is a distinct disease at all. So and that was that was kind of what I was debunking was the, the, the people saying there was evidence that there's something going on when really there wasn't. So these doctors that are saying that this is hypercare, damn, we're running out of time. How much time we, we got, have? Uh, about four minutes. Damn it. We could go on about this forever. I really need to talk to you about this because this is quite fascinating. Because they were having me convinced that it's something to do with Lyme disease. You yeah, know, yeah, you that's the big theory. Like, but one of the doctors. Who, what are they getting? These sores all over their body. Then, what do you think it is? It's, it's uh, neurotic excoriations, as technical term. Basically, they're scratching themselves. But how do they do it in spots on their back they can't even reach? They can. They can. There's, there's photos of people who have neurotic excoriations on their back, and they, they match exactly the patterns of the people who uh, who have. What about the people that show these extra hairs that are coming out? They've taken photographs of these like f- yeah. five and Flies. six. Cl- Lumps of hair that are like popping out of these areas, what they're calling hyperkeratization. You think that's bullshit too? No, it's probably just a normal dermatological condition. Like people just they get their hair skin. But they're saying that that's occurring in a lot of their little sores. Yeah, no, that's just a lot of that is just fibers getting caught in the in the sores. Listen, we're gonna have to do this again sometime. Goddammit. We have too much shit to talk about. We can keep going on. I'll talk to you about just Borgellons for the next twenty minutes. (laughs) And people are like, yay! People at the on the on the they're um. Uh, treadmills right now going yeah I was hoping you were going to talk about festering fucking diseases of the skin for the next 20 minutes I got my kung fu class next oh listen man it's been very interesting thank you very much let's do it again for sure come back and we'll find some more shit to debunk and hopefully I can get somebody who believes in chemtrails that believes the government is spraying there is evidence to come here and do it I tried but they all passed or the one that I tried that I reached out to passed <sighs> there it is, ladies and gentlemen. All right, folks. We'll be back later this week, most likely tomorrow. I'm working on my schedule. Uh, thanks to Squarespace.com. Go to Squarespace.com. Use the code word Joe and the number nine, all one word, Joe and the number nine. Save yourself 10% off and go to LegalZoom.com. Dot com. Dot com. That's what happens when I read and talk at the same time. Exactly. After Just- Bulletproof Coffee. Uh, LegalZoom.com Use the code word Rogan Save some money As well as on it Use the code word Rogan Save 10% off Any and all supplements Alright We'll be back soon And uh, until then Big kiss Mwah. See you in Raleigh Fuck <laughs> <laughs>